Yo, welcome to Radio Melee. We got finally fucking somebody knows what the fuck they're doing. Jesus Christ, we bring all these fucking Smash players on every week, and it's just, oh, what do I do? How do I talk to people? Finally, we got a professional podcaster on. We're trying to learn from one of the greatest uh, to do it. Uh, but of course, you know, we're not here to talk about podcasting. We're talking about Smash tournaments and how Aiden just accidentally ran uh, the fucking best and most stacked tournament of all time. No, it wasn't Ludwig. It was Aiden. What's up, Aiden? And how you doing? What's going on? It's it's going good. I appreciate the acknowledgement. It wasn't Ludwig. No, it, <laughs> I mean he he's I mean, he's like the executive producer. He comes and kills it on the uh, you know from the entertainment aspect, and that's and that's his job. And then I get to do all the things that I like, which is the logistics stuff. Are, which would make you more of the director, dude. People say the yeah. word producer, and I don't know what it means. I just sorry. Mm. I need. To, I figure this is my chance to learn. Producer. Uh, producer is like kind of fitting usually you're the person like organizing like the broadcast portion of it that's like what the producer is it's like when slime was like a producer at summit he was the person like in the production room like watching the stream the whole time taking notes telling like let's go to this camera let's go to this shot stuff like that that is like a very like producer sort of role and i while i did share some of that responsibility for this event uh i would you could just call me like the the tournament director or the tournament organizer i think that's probably most appropriate tournament organizer we love yeah. yeah we love that term in smash anyway um it was there was a funny moment aiden um where it was like friday and you know like ludwig was on the mic and and we were like okay you know or actually i guess it was maybe it was early saturday or no maybe it was friday but we were trying to figure yeah. out how swiss was gonna work and ludwig was like yeah uh so swiss um, wait, shit, how many matches do they play? And yeah. of all people, Mango comes over and explains the format to us. And That's we were like, really funny. Yeah, Mango I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a little bit, you know, it was like, okay, you know, uh, well, I couldn't have seen Mango doing that a couple years ago. So that's growth. That means and they maybe, read the document. That means they read the stuff that got sent them. So that's a good sign. This is a, that's a small <laughs> victory in my mind. That's really funny. PP, what is up? As always, uh, yeah, I, 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 obviously, you weren't at the LSI this weekend. And fucking side note, LSI is the sickest. I've just been calling you LSI because mm. I think the abbreviation just yeah. rolls off the tongue so nice. You know, like Ludwig was even saying on, on comps, he was like, dude, did I shit the bed with the name? Is Ludwig Smash Invitational? Is it kind of? And I was like, yeah, but LSI sounds great. So you just say LSI. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Um, so I assume you were watching um, yes awesome. i felt like i felt uh you know i remember aided you were talking about I, I looked at your twitter some and you were saying you know i i hope that this this four stream side stream is something that you know we hope that you might inspire more tos in the future and i thought that was a cool idea but i also say i felt like i od'd on melee <laughs> because I felt I felt like I wasn't ADHD brained enough to watch four sets or if once if there was a stock on I'm like oh do I have to watch this one or this one and then but then they're coming back and I was oh I <laughs> it was a real struggle for me and then you know because the the YouTube player can be a little smaller and then there are small streams in there I was like oh I'm trying to see these I don't know I'm 32 man it was it was an interesting experience but I I enjoyed it I thought it was a cool idea but uh yeah so it's Dude. it's interesting what I love about you saying that, PP, is like, this is how I know you don't watch Melee at the like the degree of detail that I watch Melee. Because like I feel like when I watch Melee, I can see four streams, and I'll just, like, my eyes will glaze over, and I'll be like, oh, Falco, 
Oh, Kevin Falcon. <laughs> and I feel like you're watching and you're like PPMD mode engaged and you're just fucking digesting everything that's happening in four matches at once and you just have things to say about the neutral or whatever <laughs> in every single match. I'm, I'm going to need some extra mouth to talk about all of them, but it's, it, it, it you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to be a detraction, obviously, because I think it's a cool idea. No, um, it's an amazing idea. It's the best I, idea. And and I'm curious, you know, how you came up with it, if there were any logistical challenges and and if you think it's feasible for, for other TOs to do this too. Yeah, absolutely. So there it has a bit of an origin story, honestly. Um there is I'm looking up his Twitter right now. Um so there is a like a broadcast engineer in Washington named Lewis who worked on a project that he just called the quad uh back in 2016 and basically that was a pc like setup it was like on a cart it had four black magic capture cards set onto it and then he uh i believe lent the equipment to mike uh mike lau in washington and <laughs> mike lau started producing the quad stream at tuck house events in washington mm. and uh that carried over into using it at don't park in the grass and for anybody who was watching that tournament at the time you probably recall that on saturday of that event our mainstream for melee just went down and the computer crashed and we couldn't get anything to work mm. uh and the uh, secondary stream at that tournament was the quad on the tuck house stream and all of the viewership from the mainstream, you know, this is back in 2016 when like the mainstream would be on a day one would be like pretty high, right? We had like 10, 15K people watching the Tuck House quad because it was the wow. only way to watch matches on day one. And that is like where the quad like origin story began. It's like basically this project that Lewis worked on. If you want to see his at, it's a G Baka Bang, a G B A K A B E N G. Um, but basically made the first iteration of the quad that was like highlighted by Tuckhouse because they continued to use that setup at all of the Tuckhouse weeklies, like going through 2017. Um, and then I think Lewis ended up moving and I think they like lost the equipment, but that was like an exciting era in like Washington weekly melee where they li literally their weekly would take advantage of the quad stream every week. Mm. And, uh, and that was kind of, uh, the origin story. So this is an old idea and it was like, uh, fabled at the time. I would say like it was one of the best things about that event where a lot of people were complaining on day one. It's like, well, the stream went down and then everybody was like, actually, this shit is crazy. Like the quad is dope. I'm so happy like I found this side stream because the mainstream mm. went down and uh, some incredible matches were happening at that at the time. Like some highlights of the quad was like it was Triff's first tournament in the US. Mm. It was one of Spud's first tournaments in the US. Like watching like Triff go like last hit game five for ninth with Pew Pew U at the time was like crazy because nobody knew who Triff was and uh, Spud like beat Mike Hayes. Nobody knew who Spud was at the time and he got like 17th on the at this massive tournament. Um and uh so a lot of like international players had these like uh, like uh, one amazing set was like Svat versus Adam from the Netherlands mm. that all these like crazy like international sets of players that have never really been highlighted before like appeared on that quad for the first time um and then i would say the idea kind of went away for a few years i think vro busted it out once on a uh like vro and juna did it for like a melee everyday event in chicago in like 2017 or 2018 but then we wouldn't really see it again until i think we ran don't park again at the end of 2018 and we brought the quad back for melee and then we did sort of like a red zone style quad for ultimate at that tournament where there were four setups being recorded for ultimate 
but it had like traditional casting and then it would cut between matches. So like as soon as one set ended, oh, wow. uh, we would just cut oh. into the next match because one was already in progress and we tried doing that out. And that was really well received as well because it's like a different type of broadcast experience where I think like people want to see back-to-back matches with like no downtime and we didn't have any ad requirements at that event. Um, and it could be like casted in a more cohesive way than like a quad, like a raw quad could be. Um, and I think both of those broadcast experiences are grabbing for something different. Like different types of audiences will appreciate each each of those types of streams differently because I think they they accomplish different things. Um, so when people like, it was really funny to me seeing people be like, oh, why does nobody do this? Like, this is crazy. Where did this idea come from? Because it, it, it happened, I, I did this like seven years ago. Like Mike Lau and Lewis did this seven years ago. And uh, it's been... Uh, and it's been around all that time. I think just back then we sort of like lacked the platform for the idea to like really catch on and gain the attention that it did for this tournament. Uh, but that's that's where that came from. And the reason uh, I think one more instance I want to bring up was at Battle of BC this year. Uh, Dylan Cook, uh, whose tag is like t- uh, t- Tizzy. I still don't know how to say your tag, Dylan. I'm sorry, Tizzy. Tizzy. Or, yeah. Tizzy. Uh, ran the quad at Battle of BC this year, and uh, and then Dylan was the one who hit me up because uh, they were like, we should oh. run the quad. The, oh, wow. th- we should run the quad at the Ludwig event, and I was like, you are right, because a problem me and Slime have been talking about is like we'll have all these incredible matches in such a short period of time. Mm. Currently, we don't have a good way to capture everything. And that seems to like fail the spirit of the event in a way. It's like, mm. why invest all this time, money, and energy into bringing all these players out and then not have most of the sets be possible to even watch? Because right. it's closed attendance, so you don't even have that like aspect of like in-person spectating for those people that are there. And the quad was like the perfect solution for that. It's like, let's capture and showcase every single match over the course of the main event, and we can accomplish it through the quad. So Dylan shot me the idea on Facebook Messenger, which I'm still somehow checking in 2022, and I... Uh, I was like, yeah, let's get this together. And then I started talking with Juna and then they got the quad together for Ultimate and Melee. So that's how it came together for this event. Holy that's so cow. That is yeah. a very thorough response. <laughs> I assumed it was from, yeah, I assumed it was your idea straight up. Like I assumed you were just like, we got to bring it back. Don't park, let's fucking go, baby. Um, but that is sick. I just, by the way, I, as you were uh, detailing that, I, I went to Gbakabang Twitter, uh, Lewis, right? Lewis's Twitter and- um, yeah, Lewis was posting uh, apparently a couple days ago. Uh, <laughs> I just saw a tweet. Warms my heart seeing the tech not only still being used, but everyone enjoying it. I'll be coming out of quote unquote retirement soon to help more folks with different quad concepts, along with two quad Ooh. setups on standby. Yeah. Um, so wow. that's fucking dope. I need to go back. I want to, you know, later when I stream, probably even later today, but maybe even throughout the week, I'm, I'm probably just going to go back because I missed a lot of these sets. Obviously, commentating the mainstream and then just you can't watch four sets at once in person if you're in person you just can't um so i need to go back and catch up on some of the melee i missed because like i know i missed most of jmook versus wizro for example oh, i was literally about um, to say if which, there's one set dude, to go watch go watch jmook watch it? dude it's so it was so sick fuck dude and i gotta say um because you're right you can't really have an in-person crowd at this sort of i mean you can have some semblance of a crowd but the crowd this weekend like the biggest crowd that i saw was there were like 25 people gathered for Jay McWizzy, which was like a third of the venue. Yeah. <laughs> a third. But you know yeah. what I mean? It was a big crowd for what it was. I was like, oh shit, why are all those, are all those people standing over there? Uh, yeah, I, I got to check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
And, and, you know, I want to emphasize, uh, you know, since we are pretty much, you know, we got you on, you know, we, when we, when we do radio mail, we like to bring people on that, uh, you know, maybe they just won something or in your case, they fucking just, well, yeah, you did win something. You fucking won fucking tier of the year with this shit. You did something. And, uh, so anything, you know, any, I assume you don't get to talk about nerdy TO shit on for example the yard probably much yeah less so, so <laughs> if there's any of that you know that you want to just you know it's like here's some crazy shit i was thinking about like just feel free to just fucking go off with it because that's kind of what we're here for um and we're obviously we're going to be bringing callers in in a bit to ask about all kinds of things super smash brothers melee uh you know related um and and to all of those of you watching uh, on twitch if you want to talk to Aiden, and by the way, thank you for the prime. I love Martin. Uh, if you want to talk to Aiden and us, you can use exclamation mark radio melee, and you basically can just hop in our Discord ch- uh, server. It is that easy, and you can literally just ask us whatever you want. Uh, if it's not a really dog shit question, we will talk to you live on air. Like we will literally bring you on, and we'll just we'll just talk to you, and uh, and 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 hopefully there aren't any weirdo. Yard fangirls that really love Aiden that take advantage of this. Yeah, not a lot, that, anyway. not a lot of women watching our show. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, fair, uh, fair. Uh, good luck with that. And um, you know, to to direct um to stuff a little bit. I mean, I think you know your story about about this quad stream was really interesting, and it kind of got me thinking: Is there some other? to sorcery is there some other technology some other trick mm. anything like that that's out there that's known about maybe but just isn't being utilized right now that could maybe really enhance the experience in the same sort of way yeah definitely i think there's a few like staple things that are like i, I think pretty easy to implement like relatively um mm. uh, for starters i think best of five like just deeper best of five is just really easy to do and everybody wants it i think there's been this kind of weird like status quo of doing it at like top 32 to top 64 it's like gradually moved over the years but not to like you know i'll I'll just go to my own event again it's like in in i think in 2016 don't park had top 96 best of five and in 2018 we had top 128 best of five so and i just want to ask real quick because i'm i'm concerned i think the argument that i'd always heard from tios was that it just takes too long is and and, yeah so i'd love for you to you know tell us why that's not true yeah Yeah, as long as this is word of this is like word of bond right now like this is this is a to saying best of five is easy right right so i just want to understand this is the moment this is the moment that we could link to left and bookmark this as long as you have enough setups, like it's it's not really a time constraint. Like the same two hour blocks that you run your tournaments in normally, if as long as you like plan ahead enough and organize enough setups, which I think is like maybe not as challenging as like people make it out to be, or at least like at every modern major, we certainly have enough setups now where like there's there's plenty I think people complain about lack of setups at early majors for so long that like in the past couple years, number mm. of setups at tournaments has not really been the constraint anymore. Cause that is the one constraint is like if you mm. don't have enough setups, uh best of five is a problem. But in these like traditional mm. two hour blocks, like more best of five, I'm pretty confident you can safely run a tournament even that like a super major like all best of five if you like wow. if you want to uh it's just i think it's just something you have to think about a little more and from my perspective like 
most TOs are people that have done it for a long time. And I think it's hard to maintain a fire of like innovation mm. because it takes a lot of like time and effort to like yeah. think of new ideas and then go through the work of implementing it because right. you already have the static workload of like hosting the tournament itself, which is very large. Yeah. And that's often off the back of your main job that you have because almost nobody is doing this full time. Right. And you have to like find the time and the motivation to like break the status quo when if you it's sort of like you can take the mold of every other major or like the previous year you ran the tournament and just do the same thing again and do the same amount of work or do less work because you figured out the stuff last time mm. and uh and that's good enough because people have a baseline experience in their mind that they're generally seeking and if you're meeting that expectation um then there's not really a reason to push past that but then eventually, after the status quo has like been in place for so long, some people start questioning and challenging it. Leffen is particularly good at this, I would say. Yeah. Perhaps his timing, <laughs> his timing could use some work, and we have, as has been recently demonstrated. Um, but I think overall, I think Leffen and Armada and like you know other top players who eventually question like why are things done this way? They could be better. Are the primary motivation behind like uh, like one of the reasons why i uh like made decisions like i did for like past tournaments in this one is because the like i have my own experiences like a to and a player but i also have community feedback and i know that players want this thing and it's like okay well what can we do to work and implement that mm -hmm, right and best of five is frank uh, what i think is a really basic one with like mm. like the amount of time it takes to gather setups which is to me the only real constraint i think the other thing you do have to account for like a little bit is that super majors you might be running so many events um, and uh, you kind of have to deal with the scheduling challenge as well. Whereas like when people start entering a lot of events and like they bleed into waves and like you have that constraint of like, if, if I'm, you know what Mutiking used to do where he'd like right. enter singles and doubles in like three uh, different yeah. fucking games and right. like uh, people like him exist and it only takes a few of them to like fuck up a lot. And, mm. um, so I, I think you can fix that by like capping the number of events people can enter at super majors which mm. i think is like totally appropriate um yeah but that's that's like one of the other things that influences that in my mind but yeah best of five is like an example of like a change that is like i i think easily made if not for a whole tournament which could be maybe like an entire tournament could be more challenging than like doing more than top 64 like i think moving top the best of five to like from top uh 64 to top 128 or top 256 is like a really easy thing to do it's literally just saying yes in my mind like it's literally just saying yes let's make it best of five because hmm. i guess mathematically all that you really like like what really slows the bracket down is if there's like hey we are two people who want to start our tourney set oh well, we can't because all the setups are being used and then you have to wait but if there are yeah. enough setups that everyone can play concurrently, it doesn't matter if the turn if if each individual tourney set goes an extra two minutes because it's best of five instead of best of three on average. Yeah, um, because it's why scheduling it's why scheduling at this tournament was so smooth is because we had the quad to dump to. So any time mm. that we were falling behind, and it was like in a normal tournament scenario, like at Summit, at Summit you have every set streamed and it all goes on one broadcast, right? right. And there are different unrelated reasons to this conversation why that's the case. It's like a different mm -hmm. type of like broadcast product. But when one set drags, if I have one 45 minute set, I still need to do all the same number of sets that I had to do before, right? But at this tournament, it was like, okay, well, T Sonics just took a fucking hour. Let's, let's, uh, 
let's just dump an extra uh, set to the quad stream, and then we've cut down a set on the mainstream, so oh. the schedule just runs at the same time that it would have anyway. Oh. And those are yeah. like, as long as you don't have fixed set requirements for your stream, then like mm. the this then the only limiting factor is setups because as long as somebody can sit down at any setup and play that's like then then the con tournament continues to move forward it just continue right you're not blocked on it's you know what it is it's fucking it's pipelining it's when yeah. you fucking put your shit your clothes in laundry and then you go wash the dishes you know what i mean you're as long as you're doing two things once you're doing two you're yeah dead. exactly you that's don't need to wait for the dishwasher to finish to go put your clothes in the laundry this is the smartest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> You're the smartest person I've ever talked to. Uh, they, they, I fucking, I studied computer science for fucking five years at the University of Washington uh, to, 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 to finally understand what you literally yeah. just summarized in five if minutes. We, uh, if we start talking about, you know, C though, I definitely lose that fight. So it's, don't worry <laughs> about it. What was it, dude? What was your major? If, if just because I know we're both UW, so I'm just curious. Uh, finance, the Foster School okay. of Business. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah I know where that is. Yeah. Dude, there's also something else, um, and we're going to get in the community voice soon uh, answering the question that was posed last week. But uh, before that, uh, I wanted to dig into one more thing that you said, which I thought was interesting, because you mentioned how a lot of TOs have just been doing it for a long time. And, you know, when you've been doing fucking anything for, like, long enough, you kind of get to a point where you're like, you know, you, not that you lose some passion for it, but, like, it feels more routine or whatever, right? So for you, yeah. obviously, you kind of spent a bunch of years... Um, where you were TOing as, you know, as, 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 as like a pretty hardcore thing. Um, and then obviously you went to mogul moves and then you were kind of, to my understanding, mogul merch. Um, and you were, and, and you had a, I think you, you pretty much wrote a tweet longer that was saying, you know, events aren't going to be my thing anymore for a while. Uh, yeah. and you know, and then you moved on to that chapter and then you're coming back and you're running and obviously you're doing more events now. It's not just, it seems like you're doing more events outside of this, obviously. And it seems like you're enjoying it and it seems yeah. like you're enjoying it. And then, you know, you take Lud, who I would say even just looking at, like, Ludwig, I feel like his focus is a little bit more on these grander scale, like the chess boxing thing. These mm -hmm. grander events, you know, that are that are fewer and further between than, let's say, planning the content for his stream every single day. So for you, coming back to this, do you feel like a, a, a sense of invigoration or a, a renewed energy? Or, like, what does that feel like coming back to something that you used to do as at least your main focus in the Smash community? It's an interesting question. I, I I think I've sort of been grappling with that, and mm. I don't know what my answer exactly is. Because I think on the whole, I've I have stayed pretty consistent. Like I haven't worked on many events. And if you read mm. that tweet longer, I say like the exception of this will be like when Ludwig asked me to do something, I will do that's it. That's true. That is true. Um, and because that's part of my that's part of my job description at Mogul Moves. And I think a big change with that was just like let's pick a job where I get to work with my friends and uh. And is just uh, fixes other aspects of my life. Like that's why I took the job with Ludwig. It was like before mm. the yard, and it was basically like let's raise these aspects of my quality of life, like outside of my career aspirations. And I will continue to run events as Ludwig as Ludwig pleases, which is like at whatever cadence he decides, basically. Um, but I just like wanted to get away from like esports being like my main track in like career because i think i was frustrated by a lot of aspects of it uh which i i, I think i still am like i still am jaded about esports like it's uh yeah. <laughs> i uh but it was like really refreshing to come into this event and like work there was a few days in the two weeks coming up to this where i think i recaptured sort of like 
my love for working really hard on something. Like mm-hmm. I have this sort of like rose tinted nostalgia for the days leading up to uh, particularly don't park in the grass where like I would work like just for what felt like days straight, like staying up really late and working on like every aspect of the event, like primarily by myself and like sort of indulging in that, even though it was extremely like stressful and mm. creating almost this sort of like runner's high equivalent, but mm. through like working, working on something. And I feel like I haven't felt that way about anything in a long time. So it was like nice to feel that way about this. However, I think like the overall like stresses and like frustrations, it like definitely dissuades me from doing this like frequently. I, uh, and I also, also it, like I said, it continues to be at like whatever the cadence Ludwig asks for. So if Ludwig wants to do this again, we'll do it again and I'll enjoy working on it. But the amount of like work I want to do outside of that, I think I fluctuate heavily on like right now, I think I'm in this little like high period. Like I was after main stage mm. where after main stage, it was a little different. I felt like I had failed after main stage. Cause I knew I had like not done a very good job. And I think main stage was like very held up by the fact that at summit, I have so many people to like rely on to do things. Um, there's basically like where I don't put effort in, there was another person at summit who like sort of picks up the pieces and puts in the work. Whereas like in this situation, um, Mogul Moves is like a smaller company. We don't have as much like structure and a lot of like effort and like output when it comes to this event, like just falls to me. And if I don't do it, it will not get done. And mm. I think that sort of pressure creates, you know, like pressure makes diamonds kind of deal. It's like, I think when my back is against the wall and I feel like shit, that's kind of like when I do some of my better work. <laughs> uh, and, and in main stages case, it's like I, the pressure, like, wasn't as there because other people could step in and do something. Mm, and I, yeah. after main stage was over, I was like happy, but I was also like sad because I knew I had not put in enough effort and it made me feel mm. like I should get back in it and like prove to myself that I could still fucking do this. And I feel that way after this event in a similar way where it's like, damn, we like broke a lot of like new ground here. And this event was impressive in X ways. And I could like keep going and keep doing that. But I think the problem is I know enough about myself is like, I don't really think I'll feel like that in two weeks. I think I'll go, I'll mm-hmm. go back to like skeptical Amen and like, what is it really all worth? And like, why would I do that? Um, cause I, 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 not to be like negative or something. Cause I think I'm proud of this event, but I think I really right. wrestle with thoughts of like, uh, you know, why, why put all the time and effort into something like this when I don't think it matters that much to me anymore? Like it doesn't, like, I, I think I tweeted this, like, under a thread with, like, I was talking to Contra on Twitter about this, because me and mm-hmm. Connor have known each other a long time. He was, like, he was, like, the main TO in Oregon, and I was, like, the main TO in Washington, and we were coming up at the same time. So we've always, like, right. had a deep bond over, like, Endgame TV and all the tournaments we worked on together. And I got really, like, honest with him in a thread where, like, I don't think I will ever care about anything as much as I did Don't Park on the Grass, because it was, like proving to myself that I could do something I'd never done before. And that was kind of like my mountaintop Mm. and this type of event. It's like, I, it's not that it's easy, but it feels there's no reward in the same way. It's like, dude, when you, when you don't have like a budget and you just like have a bunch of money and like all you have to do (laughs) is like put together a smash tournament. It's like, 
part of me feels like it's like what do i have to be proud of it's like i just wielded Ooh. the the coin like All strongly right. enough well, i will tell ludwig to make Ooh. it harder for you don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i i am serious like the, the back like uh, back then i think the reward was in the fact that like it's me i've never done this I'm I'm 19. I'm working with three other people who are 18 and 19, and mm. it's like we've never done something like this before, and we have no money, and we made a sick fucking tournament. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. It's like I don't know the like crossroads of circumstance that will ever create that like feeling again. And like this tournament doesn't capture that anymore because it's just like I'm proud. I'm proud. This is an awesome tournament. I'm glad everybody had a good time. I want to make something that people enjoy, but it doesn't match. Like yeah. The internal like motivation is not there in the same way, and I don't know how to like get that back. I would wager that a lot of let's say top players would actually deeply resonate uh, with what you just said. I mean, we've got one top player right here. We've got PP, um, who definitely rose to the top, and then you know had to obviously once you rise to the top, you can only defend it. Yeah, uh, and even myself, right? Like I think as a commentator, I was as you were saying what you were saying, I was kind of thinking back to how I felt. Uh, the first time I did, for example, an Evo top eight with Bobby and how I have continued to feel over the years. And, 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 and like, let me tell you that that's some of the, the truest shit. And I don't really know why, but it is. Yeah. There's something to chase, right? I think it's like you're, you're hungry. And so much of your motivation when you're starting out, it's like proving things to yourself, proving things yeah. to other people. I've always described TOing as like a very egotistical experience for me. Whereas like, mm. I don't, mm. I think at it, at its core, I don't think I ever did it for the community. I certainly didn't do it for anybody but myself. And I just wanted to create the tournaments that I thought were the coolest and show everybody. It's like, this is what shit could be like if you tried. Like, that's what that's what i felt inside and it's like almost like this anger like this burning like desire to like create something that i was personally proud of and mm -hmm. i think a lot of that like a, a lot of that i felt when i was like 19 to 21 and like yeah. a lot of that is just gone now like it's just i don't I, you know i i in, in good ways too it's like ego is like a harmful thing in a lot of like ways in your life and i think like did like getting rid of my ego over time um is like ultimately beneficial in like my personal life and in like most of my career but in this situation i think it takes away some of the spark that like gets you to chase something yeah i fully fully agree with that and have had that i think exact arc uh myself and 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 yeah it, it's it's fucked because you know you in some ways um yeah like like you said it's it's healthier in the sense that you're you're more zoomed out you know, mm -hmm. you kind of, uh, uh, you kind of are able to take this kind of longer view and go, you know what? There's more to life than just this one fucking thing that I used to beat my head in the wall about. Yeah. Um, but I do think that to every, to some degree, everyone who gets really good at something or gets really passionate about something, I think you almost have to have that sense of ego about it when you're at least when you're on the come up, because like, I think if you, like you said, doing it for the community versus doing it for yourself, I've always said that you need to have intrinsic motivation to a certain degree to be good at anything because if you say to yourself even let's say you're a musician i think if you say i want to make music for all the people that'll enjoy it i think you, you can't start like that you need to start no. by making the fucking best music that you think you can make otherwise you'll never be great at it you know I you you i think yeah. it's why I, I i look back on this a lot i think it's why i never successfully ran a weekly 
Like at peak, <laughs> I I like attempted to run a weekly like twice, and I at best I did it two weeks in a row. And I think it's because weekly, like primary motivation for hosting weeklies is like or or even monthlies is like creating is about creating community spaces and about giving people like this fun environment to go just like partake in. And that's really mm. fucking important. Like it's one of the bedrocks of like not only smash but just communities in general right having a space to like congregate and sort of like be your church if you will mm -hmm. like and and i love participating in that as like a player i think that's really cool um but i think as a to your motivation for that needs to be very like giving and selfless and like you do it to create that experience and give that to everybody else and i honestly don't know if i ever had that in me because like i i basically failed it's like the logistical challenge of running a weekly is not really there. Like it's it's a pretty easy thing to run, and right. um and that's all I think my brain really like cared about. And uh, not that and and that's not to ignore that like you know compliments or like things about like having a good time like didn't matter to me. You know like if pe if everybody left my tournament and said it was shit like that would hurt me really badly. But for like. <laughs> <laughs> the, like it's not it's not literally just about myself but i think like that motivation like for running a weekly is much more selfless than like seeking out like yeah. bigger and bigger tournaments I, I think that's why i was never good at that like i never i i actually think a lot because you know owen who was like the president of uw yeah. smash for a long time Owen's and down. owen owen and i i i think i got into school like during like owen's like third year i want to say and i think owen when i initially came to u-dub had this idea that i would kind of like pick up the mantle of the club but i think our ideals like really diverged where like owen was very very set on the community building he cared about mm -hmm. the u-dub like club events like providing variety creating a space that was friendly for people to show up in and that's what right. their team was was about and like going out to dinner after and doing all those great things that are really really important for a local community mm -hmm. but i i didn't really care i just wanted to run i wanted to run like bigger regionals that like put we flew in people for and we got like bc down mm. and we got oregon up for and like create the biggest like spectacle and something special in that way and like that sort of ideal set is not what builds a club like I, and that's why I was never like an officer yeah. of the smash club. I wasn't really involved in it. Um, and that's, uh, I think those are kind of like the two crossroads or like the two tracks in TOing, um, mm. that are really interesting to like reflect on. And I think Owen was a really good example of somebody who gave a shit about like the local community and dumping all his time and effort into creating that space that was so friendly and inviting for, for everybody in Seattle. But like I, my aspirations were always like disconnected from that and I wanted different yeah. things. And you know, it's, 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 Owen, bring up Owen is I'm, obviously this is more meaningful to me than it is to UP because I actually can't have a face of the name. Um, but yeah, that is a that is a really uh, valid comparison. I actually wonder, you know, like how you feel about. So, for example, right, like back when me and Scar did the Scar and Toe show every week. Yeah. Um, and we would talk to when we first got off the ground. Uh, I'll never forget. We asked Mike Ross, who was at Twitch at the time, kind of what this what the key was to like a successful show like that, because he had Capcom Pro Talk um, that he would do every week. Yeah, and he basically said, at the end of the day, it's consistency because you got that fire right now, you know, and you've got that fire, and you're building this thing, and you want to get it off the yeah. ground. But then you got to show up every week, and maybe there's nothing left to innovate at a certain point. You're just showing up. This is this. I think this is the 59th episode of Radio Melee, so we've been doing this, uh, you know, every week for for over a year at this point. And yeah. you know, me and Scar did the Scar Tough Show for a couple of years, and the reason, and you know, for you, I wonder how it is. Obviously, you're doing the yard right now, and you, I, you record every week. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, there's episodes where you guys, you know, oh, you're in Italy this week or you've traveled somewhere and you're doing this new thing, but you know, it, like, are you, is that something that you're kind of, that you think about from time to time? Like the, the balance between just doing the damn thing every week versus innovating and having that fire or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, is that yeah, still something I, you kind of wrestle with sometimes? I think about the phrase, like discipline is more important than motivation a lot. Like I, I think about that in like a general sense, but I think the the yard is nice because I I think it's this project or like a podcast is something I never really like aspired to work on, but is mm-hmm. the probably one of the first things that I've done where everything to do with it, almost everything to do with it, uh, mm-hmm. is just fun. Like I, that's why it's like not hard, and there's like no. I, I don't even think about like the discipline aspect of it because uh-huh. every week that we sit down to record is like just a fucking good time. Like it makes me so happy that I get to go sit down and talk to some of my best friends in the world and like mm-hmm. creates, you know, create something that like people just happen to enjoy. But it's like, you know, the, the conversations that are happening like in our attic when we record are like not very different from the conversations that we had when we're just, you know, the four of us hanging out in the kitchen. So <laughs> right. I, I and that and that's really nice. Like it's it's I consider myself extremely lucky that that is like a pillar of my life now. And not once have I considered it like not once have I considered going up there to record like episodes like work. It's just like right. there is like a cognizance to it. Like in a sense, it's like I review episodes. I like critique myself. I want to do better. Like there are aspects of it that like are important to evaluate. But at its core, it's like. I am only happy to be involved in that thing. And it's one of the like uh-huh. least least stressful, fun activities yeah. that I could consider work ever. And I so that equation of like the motivation versus discipline never comes in because it's just like, yeah, it's it, I don't really need to think about like motivation to like go talk to Slime Ludwig and Nick for a couple hours. Like Right. You would do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do anyway. That makes sense. I yeah, I guess. I guess, in that sense, I guess it's just not going to be ever, you know, like, let's say TOing, where TOing is, at the end of the day, just a lot of fucking work. Yes, yes. And yeah. that's, like, why I think I stepped away from BTS is, like, yeah. I kind of realized that, like, I wanted to work in esports for so long. Like, literally, since I was 16, mm-hmm. before I got into Smash, like, I went to, like, oh, a wow. league. I went I to a League of that. Legends event, and that's why I wanted to work in esports. Hmm. Like, Oh, uh, shit. So this like prece- I went to MLG Anaheim 2013, so the year before it had Melee, wow. and I was there, and it was my first esports event. I followed like League wow. and Call of Duty at the time, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome." I didn't even think this could really be a job. This is what I right. want to do, and then I happened to get into Melee like four months later, and never really pieced mm. together that like Melee would be my track to getting involved in this. Like it, like. Melee was like this thing that was happening concurrently to my interest in esports. And then not until college did I really realize that like, oh, these are kind of one in the same, actually. Um, right. Like I just started TOing Melee tournaments because I wanted to play in Melee tournaments. Like that's that's why I started doing it. It has nothing to do with my career aspirations, at least at the time. And uh, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I feel like I kind of lost my tra- train of thought. Uh, <laughs> All good. But, but oh, why why I left BTS is I kind of realized that like the day to day of working, like y- just because you work in your passion, like I had this idea that I wanted to work in esports, and I finally got like my dream job, which is like working on events at a company that gives you a lot of creative freedom, which is basically mm-hmm. BTS. Like BTS was like the perfect company to work at, and 
I was like, why does this still suck? <laughs> and it was just right. because I realized like at the day-to-day work, it's like the spreadsheet doesn't like magically become dopamine inducing because it has to do with a smash brothers (laughs) event. It's like a spreadsheet then as it is a spreadsheet for like a merch product as it is a spreadsheet for anything else. And until you get into like the actual like weekend of an event, all of the in-between steps are like basically the same. So it's like, why don't I do, why don't I keep doing like work, which is fine. I'm not like miserable, uh, let's just keep doing work at, in a company environment that allows me to fix these other parts of my life that I'm less happy about. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I, and that's why I left. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is, yeah, that, I mean, I, people still ask me, you know, sometimes people still think I work at Twitch and people are like, you know, well, what? I'm like, yeah, I yeah. Mean, when you're writing code at Twitch, it doesn't matter that you're at Twitch. You're still fucking, you know, you're still exactly. going to stand up and people are fucking annoying and, yeah, eh, like yeah, that's cool. You're working on some fucking product that that you actually care about. But I consider myself much more ingrained into Twitch now as a streamer than I ever was as an engineer. Hundred percent. You know, in that in that sense, right? So yeah, that's anyway. Uh, I completely feel that, and that is that's really interesting here. I'd love to pick your brain more about it. But I guess at some point we do got to get into bring some callers on. Uh, but before that, before that, uh, as there are as there are some great questions in the submit topics channel. Let's real quick address the community voice from last week, uh, which the good producer Quinn is going to bring up and remind me what uh, what what the fuck was the question, dude? I gotta I gotta I gotta refresh. Yeah, he was saying Sunsei oh, was yeah. on last week, and he was asking if the community's gotten nicer, I believe, or something about toxicity. And I'm so curious about what people have to say about this because. I've been in the community for forever, and so have the two of you. But I sort of imagine that a lot of our, you know, listeners may not necessarily have years and years of experience in the community. So let's see what they have to say. Abex, definitely think the average age of the community is a big factor, but I also think the maturity of the type of competitors matters a lot. <laughs> it's harder for <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, they've gotten better. At it. 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 I, that's not. Why'd you pause? Why'd you pause, dude? <laughs> Why pause? Oh, you pause no, it. I just thought it. Hey, dude. What do you got to say, dude? Oh man! Hey, let's get wait, let's get it going. This is the clip that can be shared around Twitter for the next fucking week if you just put somebody <laughs> on blast right now. Put somebody on blast right now. No, okay. So honestly, this is correct. I do think most people have gotten more mature, but I also think it's funny that some things never change. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I I think the puff thing's not that bad. Fucking sue me. I think the puff thing's not that bad. <laughs> um. I also think the mature tough competitors matters a lot. It's hard for us to become toxic to the players. They refer respectfully to each other. I think we're all having some against controversy. That is all super true. There was way more... Con- Bro, there was definitely a period where I had to catch myself during the lockdown where I was like, what am I... Like, wh- they, like we are so... I don't know, man. Like, COVID was tough for obviously a lot of fucking reasons, but that is 100% the case. Um... And yeah, okay, I'm memeing. Obviously, I'm memeing on fucking like, you know, Leffen complaining on the mic right after a set or whatever. But I got to give all the top players, including and actually especially Leffen, a lot of credit. Uh, this is something I've pointed out from time to time. To be perfectly honest with you, year like a couple of years ago, even like two, three years ago, three, four years ago, people were way worse, man. People would lose a set. They'd go on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. You actually don't see that that much anymore. And I will go so far as to say, Aiden... 
I was actually a little bit refreshed when Leffen came and he complained about, you know, the puff thing. I actually, and maybe this is weird to say, but I had a little yeah. bit of a nostalgia, you know? I was yeah. kind of like, yeah, we used, this is how it used to be. Yeah, you know, you'd lose and you'd be salty and you'd fucking be like, hey, we got to blah, 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 blah. These guys, these days, a lot of the times, man, you know, somebody loses and they're not even that fucking salty about it. And it's, uh, I don't know, in some ways I kind of miss it. I'll say it. <laughs> as a as a competitor who has tried to reel in his toxicity, yeah, I totally agree. Right, so part of part of me, like a little little part of me, is like, yeah, left and talk that shit. I don't even know <laughs> if it's true, but talk that shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? It is bullshit that he can up throw and rescue. I <laughs> yeah. do think that's bullshit. <laughs> that's what part of me thinks deep down. And then like I and then like the reasonable side of me has to like wrestle with it a bit more. Right. But I think I totally agree. It's like there was a sort of you know kind of like i think it's the same nostalgia that i have when i go back and read the mango reddit comment on like hungry boxes ama it's like oh. i don't think that's chill and and, <laughs> and people shouldn't do it but it's like damn kind of miss it like <laughs> yeah i kind of miss part, it i never part of, me, miss it. part of me is like oh you know there was something to it and then it's but like ultimately ultimately better that it's not around of course right Right. It was really funny. I was actually talking, uh, speaking of Levin, literally two weeks ago at Big House, I was talking with him about Latif in uh, just the FTC. And Latif is somebody who uh, has been, first of all, has been around for literally fucking forever. Like, I used to watch Latif's Guilty Gear combo videos in 2007. Um, yeah. So he's been around for fucking ever. And basically, Latif's thing is he was really good, got like second at Evil in Street Fighter like in 09, and then disappeared for years, became Omega Jacked. And is like the most <laughs> swole motherfucker ever now. And then just started playing Strive and is really good. And I, I, I actually think, and that's not, that's not off topic. I actually think it's related because me and Leffen were talking about how Latif's Johns, like he gets salty when he loses these days. Yeah. But it's so endearing somehow. Like the way he does it, this guy has like mastered the crowd. And Leffen was actually remarking on this almost in a... Like an almost like in an envious way. Like I wish I could do that because because he was remarking on how Latif gets salty and it can it only helps him. Like the way he does it is so funny and like relatable in this yeah. way that it's like fuck. Like like he he lost this fucking like strive uh, tournament in Europe. He got third and he went on the mic and he was like, "If you play Ram, if you play Happy Chaos, if you play Nago, you're carried as fuck. And if you ever complain about any matchup, you should be banned from all future events." Fuck, I'm salty. And I just left everyone. <laughs> Amen, brother. Hey, fucking Amazing. man. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, there's something to it where it's it's like lit, you know, and you just have to balance it out with not being yeah. too fucking toxic, uh, which I think is about what these these next two comments are are basically about. Um, and, and basically both Sky Vanguard and Space Opera, which are two really, really cool usernames, by the way. I got to give props on both of those. Uh, but both basically, both it sounds like both Sky Vanguard and Space Opera are basically saying, yeah, the top level of Melee, definitely much more friendly and respectful. Uh, that being said, uh, Slippy uh, Unragged does have uh, this, you know, little bit of a toxic environment, especially for low-level players. Um, and that is super-duper uh, definitely true. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's wild because I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll log on sometimes as TOEF and actually usually have a pretty pleasant experience. And then I'll log on on my Smurf. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, it is, it is crazy. Like I've definitely had four or five different very rude people and it kind of, you know, almost breed like the toxicity breeds toxicity to where like, yeah. I will go through four or five Falcos who are just lol spamming 
at the end of yeah. the, like the one game before they quit. And then I, now my day is ruined and, and, and I start wanting to one and done people and fucking BM people even before I know anything about them. And I'm just like, I have to fucking catch myself. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, there is that, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know what the solution is. People were definitely toxic back on Anthers as well. Um, yeah. Oh, famously toxic. Oh God. Famously, there, right? Yeah. There was a few people who were literally, literally, oh, I, can I say them? Can oh, I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them, tink, Tinkle something. Yeah, Tizzlefix. Tizzlefix was like infamously toxic on East Coast Netplay, and then and then uh, uh, Nine Volt on West Coast Netplay. Nine Volt. Oh my God, yeah. the memories are coming back. Oh my God, oh, Nine Volt. Oh not... my God, I have learned not only experience but I've learned slurs from Nine Volt. Yes, I got. I you know Nine Volt. <laughs> nine Volt. Dude, Nightfall would win and call you some fucked up shit. It was it was insane. I I just remember it was so funny because I had this like conversation with somebody and, and we were just like, yeah, Nightfall is the Tizzle fix on the West Coast Anthers ladder. <laughs> Nightfall was. I think if you log in, I'm gonna I'll do it later. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna let myself be distracted. I think if you log into Smash, I think you can see your chat logs from the past. I I I want to dig up some of my old logs now because like. <laughs> Yeah, that dude. guy. Yeah, yeah. I never Anthony, experienced effects because you know West Coast, but yeah, same, same. Uh, I think, I think it's just so funny looking back on it. And there's was like, there's just people that were known for being bad. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was insane. Um, so you know, I get why we're at where we're at now. Um. And, it, you know, it's funny. I've kind of told this story just as a side note. I, I think I might have told this story either on stream or something, but I was playing Marth once, and people have actually gotten overly defensive about it. And what I mean by this is I was playing on, on Unranked one time, and I was Marth, and I was trying to edge guard the space animal, and I was trying to... You know how Marth, when, you, when they're side being, you have to either jab or side be based on what height there are. If they're low enough, you want to down tilt, and if they're a little yeah. higher, you kind of want to jab. And I was trying to decide between down tilting and jabbing, and I teabag the guy i didn't mean to teabag the guy but i was like i crouched i uncrouched because i'm like what height is he gonna be at and i guess the guy thought i was teabagging him so he quit out and like lost spam me and was like you know basically like fuck you and i was like i just wanted to hit my edge guard I i'm sorry like i <laughs> like fuck me right like you know what i you know what i do do like one uh one guilty pleasure <laughs> one guilty pleasure of melee net play is uh, uh -huh. is that melee, it's especially if your account is like relatively high elo. Uh, yeah, you melee is like small enough of a community still where you can like learn who it is and just ask them the next time you see them. Be like, yeah. Yo, what's up? Why'd yeah. you taunt? Why'd you taunt like that, dude? And then people crumble in person, which is hilarious. <laughs> that is that is really funny. Yeah, it's it's just that, uh, yeah, it's it's uh. I, I I I will say that generally when I get wrecked bad enough by somebody, um, I'm like, this person's probably just actually really fucking good. And then like I find out it's just like fucking, I don't know, uh Casper or something. And I'm like, Yeah, it's always sense. somebody it's always somebody fucking, fucking up, good, you know? hard is it's gonna be somebody good. I remember one night Nick Nick was yeah. playing like in a Discord call. Alan, and we were just watching. Nick Nick Envy. Yeah, and Envy is uh he is playing this fox. 
and he's just getting worked, which is like not often because he he plays Falco well, and he's like good yeah. against Fox. And and he, we're trying to figure out who this Fox is, and we're like, is it like Lucky? Like this dude is fucking insane. And mm. Nick was actually so curious that he tweeted, and we found out it was Schmugs from BC, who's like a oh. sick player, like ranked in BC, who's really oh. good that not a lot of people know about. And it's just, it, it, and that's usually the case, right? Almost every time you play somebody against, like, play against somebody who's like cooking that much, it's like going to be somebody like semi notable, and oftentimes yeah. like, like oftentimes somebody that maybe doesn't like get to travel a lot, but they're they've just been cracked for years. Dude, there was a week, um, like about a year or two ago, where uh, I ran into two Marth players back to back that absolutely like fucking mixed my shit. And like, this is—I didn't rage quit it. I played them a couple games. Yeah. Like, I wasn't particularly mad about it, but I was like dejected. And I yeah. finished this session. I was like, dude, I am shit versus Marth. I am like, I, I thought I was putting things together in this matchup, but I guess yeah. I just wasn't, and I'm shit at it. Um, and then. And then uh, the next day I wake up and I have two DMs from Pew Pew and Kadoran who both that's said GG. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not that shit. And it's just Pew Pew and Kadoran. The exact same thing happened to me. The exact, I was playing a Marth and I was just getting worked. And it was off a week <laughs> where I was playing super hot. And I'm just like, why can't I figure this out? I yeah. Like, I yeah, yeah. Every, everything I know is wrong. I'm so bad at the game. <laughs> And then, and then the match ends, like, after playing, like, five games. And I, Kevin Toy, GG's, man. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah, and it's just like, all right. God damn it. In the meantime, PP has no idea what we're talking about. Because PP's like, well, I just beat everybody. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> Couldn't be. Can't relate. Can't relate. When I smurf, I still get a little spam. People quit out early. Like, if I'm if I'm beating them uh, by a I'm good sure bit. They and, they, and they get their uh they get their one stock or whatever and you can always tell when they want their one they they yeah. go out and then they get a bunch of lulls in and they i sometimes i spam lull because i know they're going to do it so we both lull together because like yeah, oh, good yeah. time right we're both laughing and then they leave dude uh, can i re- <laughs> i'm yeah. just gonna reveal it i'm just gonna reveal it there's an account there's an account on unranked and they're they're west coast it's hotbed and he has an account called falcon F- falcon punch iafk and he <laughs> plays Captain Falcon, and he plays until he lands a Falcon Punch, and then he immediately sets the controller down and doesn't do anything. And people, <laughs> and then and then he won't play, like he won't quit out though. Like he won't right. like reset. He leaves Dolphin open until the other person is willing to quit out of the game. And, and that, and it, that is my game that I play too, is because you know the super salty people that will like refuse to queue the match but won't queue out. Yeah. I'm like, as soon as somebody does that to me, dude, I just start playing Valorant and I leave the window open and it's like <laughs> I will win. I will always win this fight because I have another game that I like to play. And uh-huh. then and then and then Ken, and Ken does the same thing, like the psychopath he oh is. My God, that is that is psychopathic behavior. Um, I love. I, no, I was gonna say I love it. I hate Ken, but I love Ken. I would I never do that, Ken. but I love Ken. That is incredibly toxic. You say, "Hang on, sorry." He Falcon punches them. Yeah. Yes, that's so insane. He, he plays with Falcon he's and he's win so- or lose. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's three stocks up or three stocks down. If he lands the Falcon punch, he puts the controller down and quits. These are the people that are running. These are the people that are running your community. I just want you to know that these are the people. I've definitely. I will. Say, I will say. I'm not. I'm not going to name names, but I've definitely run into like tos. Like, and I know for a fact it's a to. And like, they get very salty. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, I didn't think tos had it in them, but I mean, I don't know. I guess we all get salty from time to time. 
And that's the universal bond that we all have here on the wide, wide world, the wide ocean of Slippy Unranked. And with that, let's bring on our first caller, because I know there's like fucking six or seven of you, and we're not going to get through all the questions, obviously, we're running a little bit late. But uh, let's get some of the good ones in, and our first caller is going to be PPM. No, PPMD's already been in here. Hi, PP. Hi. It's going to be Aiden Airy. Who's first caller? Yo. Oh, Aiden Airy. Oh, what's up, dude? <laughs> where, where are you calling what are you in from? What's your question hello, for us today, gamer? I'm, I'm calling from Mexico. Hello, how are you? I don't know how to speak English. How do you, are all of you doing? <laughs> Good. I, 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 mess up, I mess up when I'm talking in front of people. You're going to be <laughs> fine. You got this. You got um, this. So my, my question is mostly for Aiden. Hmm. It's uh, as someone who is trying to grow the scene in Mexico as a TO, I run a monthly in a bar. The, mm -hmm. um, what would you do to make the new players feel more welcome to the community and motivate them? To continue the grind because I feel like most of them just go once and once per month. They play melee and they stop playing for a month. And also, I kind of feel people in my community are living faster than new people are joining. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. I think this is a problem in like most communities. Uh, I, I, I think the two tips that I could give is like. Uh, the first thing is you can change the tournament experience to like better suit uh, new incoming players. So like traditionally a local bracket will just be like a big double elimination bracket. And unfortunately, I think that's like a pretty alienating experience in an age where I think the average person willing to attend a local is like pretty good. Um, the mm -hmm. That's changed a bit with like Slippy bringing an influx of new talent in. But I think like, like, for example, I was talking about this with somebody recently, but if you guys remember like end of 2018, early 2019 was probably the worst time you could show up to a local as a new player. Like, because the only people going were like the people who had played for five years and still cared enough to go. So you would just show up and even if you were half decent, you would get absolutely worked. And I think that's a pretty hard way to be introduced to a scene. I always reflect on like, my first big tournament in like January 2014, I showed up, I couldn't wave dash, and I would just get stuck in shine all the time, and I still won a set. Because mm. it was like at a time where so many new people were entering new tournaments at once, that it sort of allowed every set between beginners to like be close, which is a pretty... I think like basically impossible in like this in this sort of era if you show up like with no tech skill or punish game like whatsoever. Um, I so I, I think creating a tournament environment for the people who are most likely to go zero and two and one and two is really important. The easiest way to do this, in my opinion, run ladder and it's available as a feature on Smash GG. You can run ladder tournaments. Basically, it allows people to queue for matches on their phone, similar to how you would online matchmake in like a online video game. And you just keep playing. It doesn't matter how many times you've won or lost. And as you progressively play more, um, it matches you up with people of like a similar record. So if you're like one in six in ladder, it's not going to put you against like the top player who's like maybe six and oh, it puts you against an opponent with a, like a similar score. So like as you, you can play as many matches as you want and it's basically like skill-based matchmaking as you go through the tournament. So I think switching locals to ladder experiences is like a really easy change that a lot of TOs could make that is like better suited for new players. Um, because the experience of like going to a local should be about hanging out and playing a bunch, not showing up for 30 minutes, being out of the tournament and feeling like you have nothing to do. Um, 
I think that is one big change uh, you could make. And then the other thing, and I think like a few communities are like particularly good about doing this, is like you as the TO or you as like your group of TOs, like being particularly like friendly and inviting to newcomers, asking them a lot of questions, um, inviting them to like hang out or like go out to dinner after, give people like social reasons to come partake every week uh, rather than like a tournament reason. And I think the scenes in my head that do a really good job of this, like uh, the like the nightclub is obviously it's in New York, oh, yeah. right? But they have a lot of like camaraderie in that local scene. And I think that's a big part of like why people go and why it's so much fun to hang out there. I think Verdugo, uh, the Verdugo crew in SoCal does the same thing. I think like the core group attending every week is like pretty good friends and they hang out. And like, that's one of the main places they all like spend time together. And it's not just about the melee. And then... Uh, the two other scenes that I wanted to shout out were, uh, I think Seattle U slash UW now is like, UW is all, uh, has always been pretty good since like Owen was in charge. But I think the Seattle U crew has kind of like taken over in this regard. And uh, from my understanding, like the group of people that run Seattle, like locals now is like really tight knit. And it's mm -hmm. like, they do a lot of things together in and outside of tournaments. And that, I think that creates a, something that people want to be a part of. And then, the last scene I wanted to shout out was the Melbourne crew in Australia. And uh, they were one of the only scenes that was growing during the period where everywhere else was mm. declining. And I think it's wow. because they're such like good boys. Like mm -hmm. everybody like goes to hang out and like they, you know, they go fucking clubbing together. They go to bars together. They do all that shit together. And it's about hanging out. I think like there are like Australian cultural aspects that actually do contribute mm. to that. Like I think like, you we've talked a lot about this with like miles and josh man about how like when you come up in australia it's like there's like compared to america it's like it's not as like people don't aspire to like make it big there you kind of like play your part mm -hmm. in the group mm -hmm. and you're like in your community and your boys or like what you live for and it's not about like gaining like a big career or success like personally and that mm. culture i think shapes the melee scene as well but they like do that so well that people want to like I, you know that scene in the documentary where it's like PC Chris was one of the few things other gamers weren't so cool. Like I, mm -hmm. I and and the the Australian guys are like that. It's like just a bunch of like cool guys who like happen to play melee and they get together every week at like a bar and like that's that's why their community grew. I think and it's a it's a really cool thing that they do that. So creating that sort of environment that people want to like it's an equally important part in their social life as well as like a competitive outlet i think shoot for those type of things and see what uh, other successful scenes you can model off of mm. i hope that's a good answer that was a good answer i will definitely uh, take a look at the the ladder i i actually run the events on challenge because yeah yeah because smash gg sucks i, 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 it, it's, I have like, no it's idea how to use yeah. it the guy yeah. who like our older the, the last TO left to Cancun, so I, yeah. so I, I like I'm doing this now, and I also uh, asked Tov to stream it in his channel, but we are also figuring out how to to stream because we are new to this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I will definitely take a look at the at the ladder. Yeah, but I'm super cool. down. FYI, definitely yeah, down. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, I I gotta yeah, practice we'll with my stream first, and then. Move it to yours, probably. I have no I standards know. on my stream. I can give you my stream key right now. <laughs> In fact, I'll just paste <laughs> on, in chat so anyone can choose my channel. On stream, that's right. Thank yeah. you, Adenary. Uh, Aiden, yeah, if, yeah it's, it's funny because Adenary edits for both me and PP. So he's our. Oh, I, I used to edit yeah. for. I also edited oh, uh, one video for Aiden. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, uh, yeah. You did a great uh, job. 
you did that, a great job. Uh, why is there no money on Smash? Yeah. Yeah, you did a wonderful thank job. You. Thank you. Thank you. I watched for that video. Thank you. I watched that video. I just wanted to give a shout out to Aiden because, like, I, I know he does a lot, of, like, for the community or, like, yeah. Thank you. You know, oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> thank man. You, hey, thank you for calling in. Yeah, you have a good rest you of your game. Bye. See ya. Bye bye. See ya. And, uh, well, you know what they say can't spell Adnary without Aiden. <laughs> it's, they, they, it's, it's true. It's remarkably it's close. True. I don't know. Yep. It's, yeah, it's got the same letters. Uh, why is that relevant? It's not. Hey, let's bring our next caller and not think about it too hard. Looks yeah. like we got J Plums, the legend from Twitch chat. What's up, J Plums? I don't yeah, think it's your first time calling in, but where are you calling in from? Calling you from uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. Hell yeah. Fuck What's yeah. your question for us today? Yeah, I do have a question. Uh, it's uh, that are there any tournament formats that you feel like have untapped potential? Um, either with respects to like maximizing entertainment or having the best like so-called competitive uh, integrity, whereas like the absolute best player of that day wins, um, either with or without logistics and money in mind, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think like as base things that have like already been done are like you don't have to reach very far to get. Um, the one thing uh, that I called Redemption Ladder at Don't Park 18, and we also tried it at a few other one-day events that were like regionals, which I wouldn't recommend doing. I don't think this format is very good for one-day events. Uh, but the idea is that a big part of like going to majors and competing like kind of sucks if you drown in pools, which is the majority of players, because you're kind of done competing for the weekend and you don't really have anything else to go do. And it can really like suck like the joy out of you a bit to know that you're done competing mm. and just completely out of the tournament. Um, especially if maybe you just had a bad beat or like an unlucky bracket or whatever. Um, the, the redemption ladder was this concept where we use the ladder feature that I just mentioned and mm -hmm. um, players can compete in the ladder for like 12 hours on the first day, whether they were like in or out of pools um, and pools ran for like, you know, six hours that day, something like that. But you could continue competing in the ladder after and the top 16 people from the ladder uh, that didn't make it out of pools were added back into bracket on Sunday. Um, and you could only do this by like grinding a lot of matches against like hundreds of other competitors. So it's like, it wasn't like an easy thing to do. You couldn't show up to the ladder for like 20 minutes and then make it back into bracket. It was like, you had to like sit there and grind for like at least 90 minutes. I think Fendi did it the fastest cause he had like a bad beat in his pool, uh, where like a really low seated player happened to upset him and make it out in winners. Um, and we added 16 people back into bracket as like, that's your way of like earning your spot back in the main event. And I think it encourages everybody to grind and continue competing. Uh, and it gives those people who are like there at an event primarily a co to compete a better experience. And also scheduling wise, I think it worked a lot better than like, uh, waterfall formats that like 64 community uses because the issue with like waterfall formats and similar types of like automatic progression to amateur bracket stuff uh, is a lot of the people showing up uh, who go 0-2 actually don't want to play more. They just showed up mm. for like a fun weekend, happened to enter bracket. And the thing that was nice is mm. like, you don't deal with a bunch of DQs in your amateur bracket because the ladder is automatically filtering through the people willing to continue competing or not. And sure. uh, and it's fluid scheduling. You don't have to like divide it into waves and shit like that because like people just drop in and out over the course of the day as they please. They get to play mm. at their own cadence. Um, and I think that system works really, really well at a two-day event. I want to specify that. I would not uh -huh, do it at a one-day uh -huh. event. Um, yeah. and 
so that's that's one format that I think is like really underutilized, and uh, one thing I regret not implementing at the last main stage I ran, um, mm -hmm. which ties into what I was talking about earlier, where I think I did a poor job putting effort into that event. Um, so that's that's one thing, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, how to make kind of the like earlier tournament process, uh, so earlier tournament broadcast like more interesting. So there was a format uh, that I ran at Saving Mr. Lombardi Two, I think, where like sixteen people were like progressed into uh, pools of like basically they were floated into pools with like only top players and. And then the open bracket, similar to this weekend's LCQ, fed into those pools where those players played like round robin matches that fed into a bracket. And I think um, I, I do acknowledge that this sort of gets rid of the like completely open entry, everybody's equal sort of concept that we've had at majors for a really long time. But I think if mm -hmm. we want to like elevate the game viewership wise and elevate the game uh, like as a as a broader like esport, you need to understand that like nobody wants to watch like the worst seed in the tournament get their get the brakes beat off them by IBDW. Like it's just like it's not a good viewing experience for like yeah. anybody. The like I think there was a rare time where everybody was getting into the game where it was cool to watch like Armada like just absolutely demolish somebody. But that lasted like two years. And now the foundation of viewership for this game is like primarily people who have known about it for a considerable amount of time. And like that's right. not interesting anymore. And what the community cares about now, and you can see this like easily through like viewership stats, is like you need to have the top echelon of players playing against one another to have viewership for events. It's just like how it works. Nobody gives a shit about pools day anymore. Even for wanna... ultimate the viewership is fading. Like mm -hmm. um and I think what this lets you do is you can have a pool of like upper echelon like top players competing against one another earlier on in the tournament while your sort of like open qualifier bracket is progressing. Mm -hmm. And then those people earn their spot in pools with the top players and then uh and then the rest of the main event like plays out so to speak. And mm -hmm. I think that's like a better structure for viewership and also something that like if you could if you could bring some like money and stability and like basically provide that consistently across events, it would be kind of like creating a slippy champions league or summit champions league, if you will, um, for major tournaments. And that's what I think the circuit like should be, by the way, it's like, if we were to do a circuit a certain way, it's like, use your money to get like 16 fixed players out to like, each major totem pole event that you could plan out across the world. That way the schedule is like fixed. You always have a guarantee of top talent at the ev huh. every event that are locked in. The open bracket is whoever is willing to fly themselves out to that event. And then the bottom cut of those 16 or like whoever is in pools are the people that are relegated, but like Summit mm. Champions League. So the group of 16 like can fluctuate over time. And those are the players that you're like subsidizing and making sure attend mm. every event. And that way yeah. you always have like a main stage of these like major pillar events that people can like follow and fixate over the year. We're not worried about this tournament on this circuit, not having this top player in attendance because they got helped and the schedule was locked a year in advance. And then... Um, every open player has a chance to earn a spot in that 16 group of people that is having their expenses covered. And like, that is what I think is like the ideal format for like viewership, open competitors, circuits, like that type of shit. Yeah. Um, and now that we've proven it with like the Papa John's deal in my mind, it's like, there's a sales team and a structure to like get the money to like fund something like that. Uh, and that is like the best thing we could do like structure wise for like 
the the scene in my opinion is like that's 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 what we could do <laughs> that is okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in i'm just gonna throw in a real quick because i don't know if i'm the biggest scl fan in the world scl was the coolest fucking shit ever uh mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't like scl if you're a top player then it's legit because it was probably very stressful if you're not a top player you suck my nuts scl was so fucking it was literally the coolest thing ever um like the fucking sickest format and i really do appreciate because it's like what do we have now that we've never had before? We've got these circuit things. Let's actually fucking do something with them. Let's make it. It's like, so someone asked the question, how are they any different than just having tournaments on successive weekends? Uh, that, that, that is the same thing we've always had, but then there's a finals now. It's like, let's, let's actually do something with that, which is super sick. Like, I think that that, that is uh, that is definitely something that I hope gets visited for future years. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about, uh, Maybe we just got lucky on this one, but Big House had a very interesting, for me as a caster, because yeah, most majors, you're right. Most majors, when I show up on Friday, I get ready to watch S2J quad, double, double four stocks, I'm full, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm showing up to my Friday block, and I'm like, it, you know, it's going to be whatever. And I showed up to Big House, and my first match that I casted at Big House was Null versus, I hate to bring this up, Geo, I don't know why, I'm sorry, Geo, I'm sorry. Anyway, it was Null versus Over, where Null got 2 would Yeah. Sorry, you, but but un- unrelated, is, unrelated. Yeah. Uh, did you see Null's bracket at the Invitational? Did you guys see that? No, no, dude. No, at one tournament, Null played Wally, Keizu, Triff, uh, and and Polish. No, what? <laughs> did he beat any of them? Tell me he at least no. beat some of them. Yeah, yeah. Null reverse <laughs> three would Wally and Keizu. Oh wow! And almost okay. Triff choked it game five against Triff. Okay. Wow. Wow, uh, that's fucking. But no played all the peaches. It was so funny. <laughs> that is really weird. Um, this is only rivaled by the real thing, who played Lunar Dusk and Slug back to back. I believe at yeah. Big House, uh, which is a fewer number of players, but it was also a hundred percent of the Ice Climbers community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's wild to play one hundred percent of the player base yeah. of one character in one tournament. Anyway, shout out to the real thing. Um, Big House did something interesting with scheduling, correct? Like Big House did some kind of scheduling thing that Blur it, rambled about, but I kind of tuned it out because it was Blur. They uh, start but, the round two pools immediately after the round one pools. Like okay. the way the cadence is, is like all the round one pools in one wave, all the people making it out of like that first wave of round one pools mm-hmm. are playing their round two pool immediately after against each other while the next round one pool in the other wave plays at the same time Mm, what this did is it like gives you the round two pool matchups like way earlier in the event which i will totally say is like an upgrade from like the old days of watching again armada play like just some guy and 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 i i think this is a better it's like it's a better viewership experience but it's like not something it's like I don't mean to discredit Oprah and Null because I think something that a bystander who's just watches Melee like pretty passively sure, probably yeah. does not. They probably do not understand how good both of those players are. And like Null, Null is like becoming more notable, I would say. Um, but they see Ober Null, and on paper to that person, it is basically yeah, the know. same as watching like Jimmy Two versus John. Like it, right. and, and it's like that's just the way it is. Like it, 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 it is that way. If yeah, you, even though they're like, like way more people know like Mango and Zane than like and and Amsa than know who Oprah is. 
And it's so, it, and it's a shitty it's a shitty part. And if you want to move the viewership needle, it's like we we made a change that like gets the viewership from like a thousand people to like three thousand or four thousand people. But you know how you move the needle to fifteen thousand or twenty thousand is you have Zane play you have Zane play null. You have Zane play null on on day one. And uh -huh. this is like I think SCL basically proved this is like yeah. we had basically a weekly tournament with the best talent in the game that was hitting like 30k viewers on twitch which and it would just offer it event it starts was, boom 30k yeah and the stakes and the stakes are like there they're understandable i'm not saying to copy that format exactly by the way i think like changing around the way like the like not divisions and like having the top 16 work differently but the uh, general idea is like the viewership rests in the hands of this pool of like top 20 to top 25 players and then also this is the good thing about and i i think this is really really important is like a player might like Ober, not literally Ober, but a player like Ober might say, well, like, where's my stream time, right? Like, where is my chance to get noticed and recognized? But the format, if we follow like what I'm saying, you create an environment where there is an understanding that anybody who has made it to this group of people is, is also like valuable, is worth it. And they, people like, the, the best examples I can think of this are when Daki made it into SEL, the yeah. broader community didn't know who Daki was, right? But all of a sudden, he has this massive platform because this tournament is understood to be this great thing. Daki yeah. is on a broadcast with 15,000 people now. And instead of 1,000 or 2,000 people watching Daki play Ober, they're watching mm. Daki play Sunsei at a tournament right. that is like that, that 15,000 people are watching instead. And then similarly, I, and I really wanted to do this. When we had Smash Summit 10 online or Smash Summit 10 where we flew everybody out and they played privately in rooms and it wasn't <laughs> actually online... Right. Um, it's crazy they, that you guys did that. We had um, we had the EU summit play out at the beginning of day three, and we started our day three schedule a little late. That EU tournament had almost fifteen thousand viewers, I recall, which is the highest an EU tournament had had in like five years. Why was that the case? An EU tournament in a vacuum would never get that many views, but because we had attached it to this prestigious thing that a bunch of people were going to tune in for anyway, a bunch of people learned who Solo Battle was that weekend. And that's how you need to think about it when you're like an architect of the scene is like you need to, if you want to give people opportunities, you need to create the things that maximize viewership and then tack on people and things where you can so people benefit from that growth. It's like, and and that's what I would say to all the like the the obers and like maybe the wallies of mm -hmm. the world people on the cusp who are incredible players they're so good at the game and they can do such good things but it's like we need to create environments that draw in like the jimmy two shoes viewer who is like unfortunately the primary mechanism for like monetizing and like providing recognition to players yeah that is very true and there's one thing i wanted to ask you real quick by the way this is actually piggybacking off something you said much earlier in the broadcast but you just reminded me that i wanted to ask you about this because i didn't realize this and maybe i just didn't think about it as deeply at the time but like you mentioned that back, so for the first phone park i think you mentioned that like the quad stream got like 10k viewers on the first day yeah. so my question to you is did viewership used to work differently where you could just put shitty Sorry, yes. shitty is the wrong. You know what I mean. Shitty yes, matches 100%. on a hundred percent. We wow. they, you can go through like the arc because oh fuck, you got me going on this right now. I'm trying. No, to no, 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 no. Keep going. This is this stuff is like so important, and I feel like people, people don't. I need to know this. I don't know this.
the viewership and that blur is actually a good person to talk to about this because he saw the twitch stats over the years and he has a pretty good understanding of how like viewership worked and this is what i meant when i said ultimate is falling out of this phase when you're at the Mm. beginning of a game which we could call 2013 2014 like the beginning of melee in a way it was functionally the beginning because the the influx of people was so large we were like resetting the scene it was basically like a new game got released and in that time period, think about everybody you talked to about when they got into Melee. Like, the primary entry period was basically 2014 to 2016. Like, most of the, those people in 2015 and 2016. Because the bleed, it bled into those years. A bunch of people found out about it. People decided to go to tournaments. Like, those were the the new years. And that people get into this new thing they're excited about. That's why, that when locals in, like, were hitting, like, 100-plus people on weeknights every week. Like... Uh, the middle of nowhere could have like a 40 person melee tournament because so many people were finding out about it at the same time at the same time weeklies like xanadu and sss and like all these tournaments could hit 5,000, even 10,000 viewers with players like west balls and johnny playing in grand finals because the influx of interest into the game is so fresh and new and players like lord could become famous through like one combo because it like hit big on reddit the next day and like mm-hmm. all these like mechanisms of of notoriety and fame like were, were peaking because so many people wanted to get into the game at the so ta- same time and nobody had it was a fresh thing for all of those new people right it's like right now we're all old and jaded fans who have seen a billion tournaments and i don't really want to watch like shitty melee anymore but back then it was like every set was interesting who who is like uh i'm trying to think of a player like like i do want to watch like Odie versus versus like the second best link in pittsburgh like i I do want to watch that because melee is just sick and i want to watch every minute of it and like i don't think a player like borp could could like exist in this time period like he could not reach the same notoriety and fame because of the way the team has like the scene has developed and like what is considered like notable and interesting and like what the base viewership for melee is doing now like that was such a unique time period that we will never get back to like it it, and and the way the scene has like changed is like well now all these people who got into melee like slowly bleed away from it it becomes Mm -hmm. like not their primary interest anymore local attendance goes down regional attendance goes down viewership goes down at most tournaments viewership stays relatively stable at like majors because those um, people will tune in for mango fucking zither they still want to watch yeah. they, they, they remember and but they'll tune in for the best of the best like like that's that's the viewership that fell off the least is like the viewership for super majors even though it did right. tank like if you look at the graph in like 2018 it fucking tanked for everything like it, it yeah um but but overall like majors like top eight viewership is still really like strong right now and has remained pretty strong but it's that local viewership where you could like mm. boot up your like where, where a stream like foundry could exist and have like three thousand five thousand viewers on a weeknight it's not possible to create anymore yeah. it do, that environment does not exist and ultimate went through the same thing where like when ultimate came out it was this fresh new game incredibly popular like on a giantly like successful console um and regard like ultimate pools matches could have 20k viewers like in the first like year or so and the youtube viewership is amazing and it's still pretty good right but you can see it fading like when you look at pools viewership for ultimate now now that the game has been out for a few years and opinions have settled and it's not as fresh Mm -hmm. and as new the viewership for pools is going down and even the viewership for majors is going down because the like 
how unconventional it is and how fresh and how new it is, is gone. All of that, that brings that initial wave of people in doesn't exist anymore. And it needs to like be maintained by like different things, by like storylines in the esports itself, which are like mostly fluctuate around the top players. And so we're just out of that period in like Melee's history now. And we need to rethink the way like viewership works because it used to function, it literally functioned differently. My, I hit the sweet spot. I got in at the right time. I started yeah. TOing at the right time. I ran a major at the perfect time. Don't park my first <laughs> major. Ultimately shittily run, hit 35K peak viewers, which was amazing at the time. And, yeah. and all I had to do was like make Reddit posts and shit. That doesn't work anymore. You can't just like pop up a major, have a thousand people show up because you made posts on Reddit. It just doesn't, like the way yeah. you have to access and market to the community and create a successful event and broadcast is just so dramatically different from that like golden window where you could like, dude, you could like piss out a Melee local and like 500 people could watch. Like it, it's just yeah. a totally different time. How much of this, I think you're, super duper on the nose about, you know, the, 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 the demographic itself, i.e. the Bailey audience and, you know, the fact that the, the game was functionally new. I wonder how much of it also, as someone who I'm sure, you know, Ludwig, for example, I know, thinks about this sort of thing and talks about it a good bit. I wonder how much of it is also just the content model that most people consume, in, uh, sorry, cons consume, let's say, gaming content via now. Because when I think about my own viewing habits, like back then, I would I'd get home from work and I'd turn on a Twitch stream. These days, I feel like I'm a lot more watching fucking shorts on shit, or I've got yeah. YouTube out on my. You know what I mean? Like it's and, and that's why you know, even not even tournaments and stuff, but also even just content creators. You know, you've got your more old school guys, you've got your Northern Lions and your Markipliers or what have yeah. you, and you've got people who are putting out long form let's plays on YouTube. But those are if you didn't get into that a couple of years ago, you're probably not being successful in that sphere now and you've got everything's got to be so much punchier now and do you think that feeds into this at all as well yeah i, definitely. I know it's probably a little bit of both right probably a little definitely bit of comic, does probably. i think i think it's hard it's hard for me to say exactly because i think this is like the thread of it where it ties into like greater gaming content and consumption right. like right. i haven't thought about how these things like quite link up yet but like it definitely plays a part when like kids who are like in the pipeline of becoming players and fans of games down the line are looking at TikTok and YouTube shorts instead of looking at like forums and Facebook Messenger and like Facebook uh -huh. groups and shit like that, right? Like there's <laughs> certainly something there. And I mean, not oh, fuck. I don't mean I don't mean this in like a shitty like a shitty way. No, I, no, I, no. I hope this like this makes sense. But it's like I think this is a, a problem esports teams are jumping into where it's like esports was supposed to be this grand grand gold like gold rush of like people the mainstream is going to be so locked into competitive gaming and esports and like the teams need to get involved and the investment needs to come in and it's like and it's but why are all it's like the it's it's not working out how they all thought it would let's uh, uh, say that you can by the way you you i just want you to know don't worry about it. I have bashed esports as a whole so much uh, on this Golden Guardians production, and we know that every yeah. esports team is basically, uh, you know, kind of, oh, kind of uh, trying to patch up a sinking ship. Except for Golden Guardians, is doing great uh, because uh, <laughs> let's go, Steph Curry. So don't worry about it. I, I okay. like whatever reservations so, you have about saying what you're about to say. Don't worry about it. So it's like Steph why are all bad. these why are all these orgs that were like so gung ho on like esports players years ago like putting all their money into like content 
like content creators right. and like content houses and content machines, which is like all all the teams like building like facilities for people to stream out of. Like it's a waste of fucking money in my opinion. Like I can't, I, I don't know. It's just to like rationalize it in a boardroom somewhere. I'm sure. But uh, it's, it's like, it's the idea that like the money is like changing hands and the way people like consume entertainment and consume like gaming content and like gaming content on the whole, I feel like is kind of like phasing out in a way where it's like all these way, people, yeah. all these people that came up on like gaming initially, it's like when, where do they get their most viewership now when they do like, IRL streams and like um, game shows and shit like that. Like the the content consumption of like culture is like pivoting away from gaming in a weird way. And I'm sure that has like weird trickle down effects on like discovery in esports. Cause like I do think ultimately esports is separate from like general entertainment. Like you'd be surprised like the disconnect of like of like an XQC viewer from esports. It's like pretty segmented. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of these people, a lot of these people watching streams for entertainment are like not really invested or connected to esports at all. Right. And that that's something that's really interesting me for me to discover as time passes is like, dude, like the average like Ludwig might have like twenty thousand people watching him fucking, you know, unbox a Jackie Chan statue that just you know, that he just had yeah. shipped to the house. It's fucking terrifying, by the way. I I hate seeing the silhouette of like a man in the house with it just pop up in my peripheral vision. Anyway, uh, the the point being that uh, like the average person tuned into that, like they might not know who Simple is. They might not even know who Faker right. is, and they're just watching Ludwig because he's funny guy. And like, and I guess funny guy puts on Smash tournaments sometime. Like, and. I, I, and so basically what all I'm saying is like at the root of it, I don't know, but I think like the way content is consumed is like probably changing the way people discover and interact with games. But I don't think that like, I, I don't know if that bucks like the overall trend that is primarily influencing Smash viewership, which is basically how new the Smash game is and what players are on the screen. Right. I will... I will even go so far to say, because I've been thinking about this in particular lately for like no reason. Um, you know, I don't know. I will go so far as to say as probably the conclusions that people draw today about how to think about gaming content and how to push it. I would not even be surprised if those conclusions just don't even, aren't even pertinent anymore six, seven years down the line. Like, yeah. Like, because so much of, so much of what, you know, the, I don't know, like, like how, how do I word this? I feel like so much of the way that people consume content um, is sort of, at the end of the day, unique to the platform that's being served on. And if a new content just, sorry, if a new content platform just comes around and just dethrones whatever the existing top dogs are, like when TikTok yeah. showed up, TikTok showed up and just fucking, well, I guess everyone's doing shorts now. And I don't know if that's going to pan out forever. Maybe fucking five years from now, everyone just kind of gets tired of that, and 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 it's the next fucking thing. And I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, dude. And I anyone, don't. That's how I feel. I don't know, right? dude. I don't know. It's anyone like, purporting I, to have the answer is just fucking trying to sell you something. I swear. There's to God. some. There's some weird question here of like how, like think about how you discovered like gaming communities, and think about the way you spent your time on the internet. And the way kids spend their time on the internet now and how that influences their ability to like become a fan of something and participate in something. And it's like, do you really have like, 
if I spent all my time on TikTok as a kid instead of on forums, would I want to get involved in a competitive video game at all? Would I ever turn the console on if I was just I... on the TikTok dopamine drip all the time? And I, dude, I don't know. Like I, maybe right. I do. Like gaming is still big. Gaming in a general sense, like kids still yeah. play video games, of course. But the way kids find games and interact with games and like competitive games being at the forefront of gaming is like, is changing. And I, I, I yeah. don't know if we'll know until like five, 10 years from now, like what is happening right now. There are going to be Zoomers. And I mean Zoomers as in the more literal sense, like literally current yeah. generation Zoomers who will be nostalgic about and They will talk about TikTok yeah. the way we talk about forums. Yeah. They will be like, dude, back in our fucking day, man, you fucking new kids wouldn't get it, man. We were on TikTok and people hit the sickest clips and they put them on TikTok, okay? And, and you fucking yeah. new kids, whatever the fuck you're doing now, which I don't know, obviously, you, you wouldn't get it. TikTok yeah. was, you know, like that's going to be just the case. Uh, and it's so fucked to think about it that way, but it, it just is what it is. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I hope, weird. what I hope personally is like yeah. in general, in general, I think esports viewership, like if you look at all the big post-COVID events, like if you look at like the Dota major and the CSGO majors that have happened and um, I don't know about Smash exactly, but like, yeah. hey, like League, Worlds, all of these things went up in watch time. And I don't know if that's because yeah. like, you know, the psychologist that works at Riot just like had a better marketing plan this year or... Or if like over time retention and interest in these things is actually substantially building. And I have my crackpot theory, which is that um, <clears throat> these numbers are easy to fudge. And never mind, you know what? I'm not going to get too into it. I'm yeah. just worried that I'm too deep in the sauce. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm, sure the, I'm sure it's great. Those are. I'm sure the YYTV and Doyu Doyu uh, viewership stats are absolutely accurate. Yeah, hundred anyway. percent. <laughs> Hey, good question, Jay Plums. Uh, sorry we got hey, a little you. bit off the rails, but uh, I, I had a lot of fun talking about that. Uh, and there was one more, dude, there was one more thing I wanted to say, which was about something about, we're talking about consuming content. Fucking, fuck, fuck. fuck. I don't know what it was. <laughs> All right, whatever. It probably wasn't that important. Or if it was important, it wasn't that important. It's fine. Hey, thanks, Jay Plums. Hey, you got any shout outs you want to do, Jay Plums? Yeah, I definitely do have some shout outs. Uh, first thing I've got, shout out to you, Aiden. I love the advice uh, pod. And secondly, I want to really shout out all the TOs in, uh, the greater Toronto area who keeps sending me to play, play Puff Dittos. It's really cool and it's really exciting. And thanks a lot. Of <laughs> that. Have hey, a good rest of your day, Jay Plums. Have a good rest of your day, Jay Plums. Aren't Puff Dittos kind of fun to play, though? I always thought they were boring to watch, but fun to play. Never mind. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to get into it. Hey, what's up, Big A in chat? All right, CJ Plums. Sorry about that. If you ain't talking Billy Billy, says Atrock, you ain't talking Bills. While Atrock is here, I'm going to, just because I think, uh, Aiden, at least you would appreciate it, I told a great joke at dinner the other night that uh, Nick Allen was there for Atrock, wasn't there for it, so I had to catch him up on it the next day. We were talking about boxing and brain damage. You know brain damage, you know, CTE. Yeah. You get punched in the head. Yeah, CTE, I'm, I'm uh, familiar. Chronic, chronic uh, something, encephalopathy. Um and 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 we're talking about boxing and someone said something at dinner blur or somebody was like uh well uh you know boxing's really good for your health uh just make sure you don't get hit in the head or whatever and i was like hey yeah but you know what they say and he was like what and i said better to have bad cte than a bad ctr a <laughs> truck really liked that when i told him about it <clears throat> no one else liked it everyone else wanted yeah, me to fuck that's off really funny. that's a great Thank joke you, <laughs> 
This is why we bring you on the pod. That's fucking go. That's fucking right. It was funny. Let's that's, go. That's the type of joke. This, this is whatever I I because I feel like there's kind of this like weird like niche area of like 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 that type of joke. Like every time I have like a like a joke that I'd consider like in that vein that is like some weird crossroads of like gaming and politics, I'll just send it to like Atrioc only because he's like yeah. like my I feel like my general audience on Twitter like won't like think it's funny at all, but I'll send it to Atrioc and he'll hit me with the LMAO. I always appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and you get your little you get your little big A dopamine rush that you're done. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Atrioc is actually so fucking clutch for that. And hey. He might not get back to you until three days later, but when he does get back to you, you're going to have a fat LMAO in your inbox. <laughs> I'm saying. Anyway. Hey, I know we've, uh, Quinn, I know we're, I know we're pretty, you know, we're pretty down the road. We got in a lot of good discussions. Are we doing any more callers? Are we bringing anyone else on? I know we're, you know, we're pretty into the program here. What are we doing? We got uh, one more. All right, let's get the last call. Let's get the last call on here. Let's go. Who do we got? We got Rye tuning in. What's up, Rye? How y'all doing? What's How up? How you doing? Where hey, are you calling in from? Louisiana down south. Sick. Casco. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> is uh, for Aiden. Uh, it's really an extension of the really interesting conversation y'all just had about viewership, but it's with respect to the invitational that just happened. Um, really, it's about like the implication of viewership as, again, what y'all were talking about, like the consolidation of like just viewers in general, because you know, a lot of Zoomers are watching kind of long form content less and less. Um, at the end of the stream, there was a quick, um, someone like commented that one of the things you were disappointed by Aiden was the viewership being a little low, but understanding it to be a quad and it being a fairly new thing for kind of, you know, melee really, just as like a, a viewing audience. Um, do you think you were being a little, little too hard on yourself or have you really gone back, crunched the numbers and it might be more indicative of like where the future of Melee viewership is headed? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I was, I think I was hard on myself in, in purely the sense of what I would have expected this event to be at on Twitch. Like if it was at on, mm. if it was on PTS Smash, if it was on VGBC, on Twitch, it's like rather than like just like I'm not comparing this tournament against like the viewership of tournaments two years ago or four years ago. I'm comparing it to like Big House the previous week and the Super Major from like the month before. Like what how how the viewership exists in like the time period that we exist in right now, where it's like I think it's more fair to compare it against things. And I think unfortunately, uh, Twitch just lacks. Uh, or sorry, YouTube lacks a discoverability and also a an esports viewing base that like Twitch has that uh, allows your tournament to sort of like snowball and be watched by more people. Because I think they're like the the main issue is like the primary like marketing mechanism for this tournament, especially during pools, is Ludwig fans and Alpha Red fans seeing that like their YouTuber is live right now, right. and if like. They don't like the content, which, you know, a Smash tournament is admittedly pretty far from what Ludwig is posting on his YouTube channel normally or streaming on his YouTube channel normally. So if you're a typical Ludwig fan, uh, and I don't fault them for it, you're probably not going to tune in. Like, it's just, it's yeah. just like the way it is. But on Twitch, if that tournament is like live on even like a base channel, right? Even if it's not PTS Smash or VGBC, 
you're and you're streaming on like any channel the category starts to go up in viewership mm -hmm. and people see this category that are, they're a fan of and that stream gets recommended to them and also an esports fan is more likely to be looking for broadcasts on twitch than they are for you on youtube where it's like on twitch it's like naturally fed to you through the homepage, but on youtube i have to go and like know what channel it's on and search it unless i happen to be subscribed to ludwig already and ludwig's subscriber base does not like have a very large crossover like venn diagram with with like e general esports fan kind of like what i was talking about earlier where it's like you could ask like some random guy in like cutie cinderella's chat and like he probably doesn't know who simple is even though like simple is the fucking goat and um and i think that so that's I think YouTube was like the primary reason like we weren't hitting the numbers I was like expecting to hit. We also like, there was also things we can do to improve that. Like, I don't think I had a very like cohesive marketing plan for like drawing people to the YouTube streams. Probably should have like planned and gone over things with Ludwig more. But you know, we're like stretched kind of thin and that takes a lot of like effort. And like, that's probably an aspect that I like failed the event in. But I think like you can just like, if we had like Smash Summit 11, like play out on Ludwig's channel with like the Mango comeback and all, we probably would have like not hit anywhere close to the viewership peak that tournament did. Cause I think Smash Summit 11 hit like 110, 115K across like the two, two Twitch channels that were uh, being watched. Whereas like Melee at this event like peaked at like 55, something like that. And not to say that the like the consequences or like the historic like aspect of the sets were necessarily similar, but I think like even Big House the previous week, like, you know, got to like 80 or 75, something like that. And I think like with this amount of top talent, especially with Leo's run, like Ultimate reached a higher peak. I think Ultimate hit like mm -hmm. 65 to 70K, like in that range. Um, and I bet that would have been way higher on Twitch. Like I, I would not be surprised if we added like another like 15 to 20K viewers for both streams. If like oh, yeah. the yeah. viewership, like snowball effect that we would have had on Twitch mm -hmm. was thrown in there. Um, Cause if you look at the social presence for this event, like if you look at how many like tweets and like interactions and like positive feedback there was like on Twitter about this event, as far as I can tell, it's like some of the highest that I have ever seen like social mm -hmm. engagement wise. And that doesn't, is not really like reflected in the viewership and like what's the primary difference between this tournament and every other tournament. Well, it's just that it's on YouTube and yeah. uh so, uh, and I think that would have helped the side streams, especially because I think the side streams were on smaller channels that were marketed less. And like those channels are discoverable through like a squad stream or like the category feature on Twitch. Whereas like on YouTube, you had to actively go seek them out. Right. And like, you literally had to like Ludwig would just say every now and then, or one of us would just say, Hey, by the way, if you want to check out the quad stream, it's over on Ludwig VODs. And it's like, mm -hmm. I'm subscribed to Ludwig. I'm subscribed to Mogul Mail. That's where you really fucked up. By the way, you should run the quads from a Mogul Mail. I asked him, you know. Would have got 10K viewers free if it was on Mogul Mail. Everyone knows know. Mogul Mail, the real, true, best Ludwig channel. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I absolutely I agree. How much How much of you, not to not to go too too much harder into this, because we actually are cheating and we're going to bring on one more caller after this, uh, which is Atriok. <clears throat> but um, uh, how much of it, because I know you tweeted that you were a little dissatisfied with the viewership. You tweeted that Saturday. And obviously the viewership Saturday is just way less mm -hmm. than Sunday. So was that also just part of it? Because, you know. Yeah, I mean, Saturday. but I'm but I'm saying that with like the the context in mind. Like, I didn't okay. expect like 60k on like Friday and Saturday, but any means, it's like we were just like around. 
like on Friday and Saturday, we were probably around like 10 to like 15 K for a big part of the day and like really peaking at like low twenties. So for like the scale of the tournament and like the quality of matches that were on, I would say like on Twitch, you know, I think we would have hit 30 like for sure. Yeah. And like, I think like for the amount of like resources and players involved, just like my general internal internal barometer of like where viewership should be at. I'm like, that feels low. And it, uh, I think it is because we even on like Ludwig's channel for like LACS, like have hit like uh, higher numbers. So I think like that's uh, where the marketing part of it comes in too. Whereas like when he does LACS, I think the the build up marketing wise is actually a lot more. Uh, the the marketing it w historically is a lot better for LACS. Like if you uh -huh. look at like the build up that like Ludwig that Ludwig would personally do for those tournaments. Whereas like it didn't happen for this tournament, which is like not weird. We honestly, we just happen to be really busy with a bunch of other projects like around this tournament. So that's yeah. why it was like hard to like plan things. Whereas like when we did L LACS the last time it was like, that was like the primary thing everybody was working on and focusing mm, on. Okay. Right. Yeah. You've got the fucking chess boxing thing coming up and everything else. So that makes sense. It sounds like, uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, you literally YouTube discoverability, which is wild because YouTube has amazing discoverability for fucking, you know, long form evergreen content. And just, I can't find streams on there to save my life. Literally. Yeah. I remember I was like, I went back to my hotel room for a bit. I was like, guess I'll pull up you, the, you know, the YouTube stream. And I was like, why isn't there a button? Like, why do I have to type in Ludwig to find the tournament? It's crazy. Uh, so TLDR, uh, you know, they just fucking, YouTube needs to acquire Truffle and like make automated, you know, like an engineering manager and let him build out his mm -hmm. own team and and then everything will be happy forever. Um, but until they do that, who am I kidding? They literally had gaming.youtube.com a couple years ago that solved this problem. I hate Google. I'm not going to get into it. This problem literally was solved like five years ago, by the way. It, it, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Google, keep doing your thing. Uh, Ryan, how, how, do you, how do you feel about that? No, I mean, I think that makes complete sense. I think it is an ecosystem situation and, you know, Twitch is what people know, but also, yeah, it's just a way better service for live stream. So that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. we got to we gotta keep things uh, moving here. We're quite over and we want to make sure we get a big A, as they call him on. Big A, as they do call him. Whatever he's got to say. So, Rai, thank you for calling in. Any shout outs you want to do for us on your way out today? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to James, Connor. Steve, all longtime melee players, Christmas 01, tradition stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Really appreciate the effort you guys are doing to steward this uh, culture. It means a lot. Thank you. Appreciate thank that, right? Thank Have you. a good one. All righty. Peace, y'all. Can I just say that was like the realest shout out we've ever had? That was pretty that cool. That guy was just like, shout out to James, shout out to motherfucking Steve, shout out to Connor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Big Christmas things. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go. I'm, I'm out of here. That was. So I fucking love Patriot. that guy. Big, big A, the last call of the day. What are you doing? What you got for us today, buddy? Oh, yo, what's good? Thank you for that big A introduction, people. This is this is who our last guy is. <laughs> this is our last guy. Yeah. This well, I thought it was only really a real question. They've been softballing yeah. Aiden, dude. They've been softballing his ass. Okay. Yeah, what? What do they need to ask? What's he? Need why do? To be, why do you want to go to? Tell everybody why you want to go to Wellington. By the way, tell everybody why you want to go to Wellington. How about we see the that? big old hands? I want to see the big, the big old. old. What is this? What is this stupid <laughs> shit you're DMing me? And I, I want to drive to Wellington to see the world's biggest hands. <laughs> but that's not yeah. related to melee, Aiden. Okay, the people <laughs> want to hear with some hard-hitting <laughs> questions.
No, it's cool. Yeah, what do you got? Oh, right. Right. You know, right. you know, I stream like once every two <laughs> months. The HDOC went live while I was we live did. last night. I thought that was pretty rude. Thought that was pretty rude. You just decimated yeah, was, my viewership. You were used to bad viewership all weekend, so I was trying to hit you. Oh, by your... oh. <laughs> okay, HDOC, please. Uh, I, what's your question for us? Okay, today, yeah, Dave? dude. PB's got a note. The producer like get this fucking guy off. Dude. <laughs> uh, all right, I wanted to ask for real, legitimately. I actually <laughs> love today's episode. It was really awesome. I'm Thank a big you. radio melee fan. Oh, I didn't know. And that. I thought Aiden was spin. Uh, but I, yeah. I, my real question is. And this is something I've always thought about, but it's like, you know, this is an idea guy thing, dude. I've never actually pushed it into practice. You sort of were touching around it, Aiden, when you were talking about how viewership gets better when you get past the round one pools and you're just talking about the good players playing. And I'm like, why don't, why doesn't Melee ever just do a title card, undercard hype match, you know? Like just, oh God, just Mango actually, Zane, best of nine. actually a serious question. This is yeah. actually serious. No, question. I, thought you're... No, I was I was not building up to like a, you have a small dick or something. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get to a real question. I've, I've literally like, why don't we do this? Because people would, you could you could hype it up. You can make a trailer. You could, people care about that shit. You can make a, you know, it's just so much easier to market. Why do we always do big tournaments? Why do we always have four million matches, two days of stuff that doesn't matter? I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but again, I am less engaged than you guys are. You guys do care about, um. I don't. I can't even think of the names you were saying because I don't remember them already. <laughs> I actually kind of do have an answer here. Okay, um, yeah. I'll let Aiden go first though. Uh, kind of like Octagon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I was gonna, that was my answer, which was amazing. Yeah, that. The Octagon was super fucking hype, but I just mean like I, you know, IRL, uh, right? IRL doing doing events. Yeah, not not yeah. online and and with a little more uh, pre-production to build this. Like you know how like mm -hmm. if uh, fucking Jake Paul's gonna box somebody, I don't give right. a fuck about Jake Paul. I never watch him. But I hear about everything. They talk about it. They have tons. It's not of true. You model your life he, after Jake Paul. Yeah, I do. Long. I mean, <laughs> he's a poster behind me. But uh, and they, you know, they have they have trash talk. They do interviews with him. Yep. Like yeah. just that kind of the kind of build up. I don't think we ever do too much before a tournament, and then it all relies on the tournament being good. I feel like you. It, it's you. There's just no way you don't know the answer to this. Uh, maybe I do, but I'm blanking. So you I love that me. Ada just comes out and just hits yeah. you with some fucking, you know, sure just, he's got some Zen shit. I'm supposed to come to you. I'm supposed all to come to you. Call in and Ada goes, this is a great question. And here is 20 minutes of <laughs> wonderful shit, insight dude. from one of the guys. Ada <laughs> comes in and he goes, <laughs> I can't believe you don't know this. You stupid. Look at this shit he wants to go to in Wellington. It's fucking dumb. It's this is what you want. freaking me out. This is what you want to waste. This is what you want to waste. Uh, our trip on like, is going to see this uh, hand at the top of a building really in Wellington. politeness hey, that hey, all the guests were Google, given when I <laughs> everyone Google giant hand Wellington. I just looked yeah. at this image on Google. It's fascinating. and then you'll you'll think I'm right. You'll think it's good to see. I feel like if Gringy in chat asked this like question, you'd be you're asking coming, really you're coming, Yeah, because you're coming to... I'm supposed to... I don't go to Gringy for Marketing Monday. It's like you should you should know the answer, you know? I just... Why is it so different in Melee? Tell me. You know Melee. I don't know. Um, What's going I think on? The, Have you tried it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I think like not... Maybe not with like the appropriate like marketing resources that could like fully go behind it, but we did this at Saving Mr. Lombardi one and two. There was like cards of matches, and we did it to like I would say more proportional success than like past efforts. Um, 
And that like we leaned into it as like a part of the event. I think the main one I can think of is we did Ginger versus Fiction. Ginger versus, I was going to say that was yeah. so fucking sick. I remember it. It was dope. I liked it. Yeah. I and still it was, think it was cool. It was a first of five and we retained like quite a bit of viewership after the tournament ended for it. And I think like it was like successful relative to that sort of yeah. effort normally. Did they have beef at the time or anything? Was there any kind of story they, going in? Yeah, there? they did. They did. There was like yeah, an online beef awesome. with it. Yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah. And I think that's cool. Like, it's definitely good. I think the things holding this back right now is like, um, one, I don't think there's enough like real beef in the community right now. Um, like, we've talked about like the change in like toxicity and like maturity in the scene, and not that it's like always perfect by any means, but I think like most top players like have a pretty good and like positive working relationship. So, like, the crossover of like two people talented enough with big enough followings, like actually hating each other and like playing one of these sets to gain enough hype behind it, like doesn't really exist in a way where like, I think around like Apex 2014, 2015, you could like still find some of that like beef or like in like Tof's, uh, not, not Tof's case. Who, who was it? It was Tafo and, uh, Tafo uh, and, uh, Tien. Tien. Yeah, like a thousand dollars was just like unconventional and cool enough at the time to create <laughs> hype, right? And like a lot of those things that like I think fit into the mold of like interesting enough to create hype behind something like that are also fall victim to the same thing I was talking about earlier, where uh, it was just all so fresh and new at the time. And like none of that shit is like interesting enough. Like now, it's like I, one of the Apex 2015 sets, for example, was like. Uh, Cold Bowl versus West Balls. And if you do that now, it's like, dude, who gives a shit? Like, it's like, I, 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 genuinely. Like, it's like, I might give a shit as somebody who loves watching Melee and knows, like, the stories behind an these players. There's Cold Ball like, versus West Balls now. No, I don't think there's... there is. Like, Apex just announced uh, Bobby versus Zamu. And, like, be honest with no yourself. Be, <laughs> it's the same. It's the same as it was back then, but with a smaller pool of people who care enough for that to be hype. It's like not something that pulls in like a lot of like new faces. It's not like unique enough. It's it's just like I don't think that type of like match can be uh like successful in the same way it was because the environment around the whole game is different. And I think you could do it with like if Leffen and Mango actually hated each other, I think you could do it with them. And you put a bunch of marketing into like the shit talk and the and the videos behind it. You could probably market it uh, to a broad enough audience to make it like maybe like sponsorable and therefore profitable. But that's the other component of this that I think um, that I think hurts it. Our primary ways for selling on Melee right now have a lot to do with viewer minutes and how much time people watch. That's like mm -hmm. how you sell sponsors on a Melee broadcast. Melee is not a long form match. Even a first to five or even a first to 10 really does not last that long. Like it's like, maybe maybe you get like an hour out of that. And once it's over, it's over. But the, our main way of selling on that event, at least as it currently stands, is proving how much watch time there is in the game or watch time there is in the tournament. So you need, that's why BTS's broadcasts are like so long. 
and like why everything is stretched out and why every set is streamed is because that watch time number is so they want to maximize the watch time number because that brings in sponsors and it's also part of like how they monetize their broadcast through like their uh through their twitch deal so it's like that's that's like it's a revenue thing it's like i can't and we don't have the broad like mainstream appeal to do pay-per-view like it's just like if you put a paywall on May, even mango versus leffen oh, yeah. not enough people are yeah. going to buy it for that to like make it viable which i think is the model that makes like fights like profitable right is like melee is like this melee or is this unfortunately and even smash like even ultimate or gaming esports in general is unfortunately like too culturally niche to like start digging into the audience outside of it and pull people in. You know why like we care about Jake Paul fighting somebody? It's because Jake Paul Jake Paul equal bad punching cool I buy. <laughs> like it's like a very yeah. basic equation. But how do I tell like how do I tell like uh like fucking Derek from Phi Caps that like Cole Bull versus West Balls is actually worth buying tonight. Like it's just like it it doesn't it can't I would happen. I'd pay to see that. I'd pay for <laughs> to see that to Derek it, from Phi Caps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you get what I mean. It's like we just exist within like too niche of a circle to like market it in that way. And so we have to go through the path of like how we do get sponsors and how which is like primarily view minutes. And we don't have enough like cards to like put up and make hype enough that like creates the viewer minutes necessary to make a tournament like worth pursuing. Um, it, because and that's why like tournaments like long winded tournaments this applies the same. This is why the fucking Dota major and the CS:GO major are so long. By the way, this is why those events are like two weeks long. You know, like they have a viewer minute. Like they want to hit this many viewer minutes for their sponsors and running a tournament for two weeks nonstop is a great way to get a lot of viewer minutes. It's the same thing mm -hmm. with like Dota 2, like TI qualifiers and stuff. It's like, it is let's have nonstop Dota thing, for like a way. month. It is, by the way, uh, this is literally the Plup model. This is what Plup, Plup just does one subathon a month and then turns the stream off because <laughs> he has also independently, by the way, come to the same realization. Yeah, you just you just need to be on a lot because you exist in a space that's like difficult to market to the audience that isn't already like attached in there for it. And uh, I think like that's that's I mean that's basically why. And we're not going to go see the hand, man. We're not. I have an analogous. I have an analogous. I have an analogous and somewhat complimentary take uh, that also that tackles this question from a different direction. Love that. Um, because we used to have some of this actually. We used to have. I, I don't know if you remember one of the early Evos. They actually ran at the same venue as the LSI. Uh, at that exact venue, uh, there was Mango versus Armada for a thousand dollars, and it was the mm -hmm. weekend of. I, I want to say it was Evo twenty fourteen. It was one of those. And if you remember, like the early days of Dragon Ball Fighters too, they would run a lot of like Sonic Fox. For, th there was a period where I remember they were bitching about. They were like, "Man, we got another fucking Sonic Fox Go each show match. We got we've had one of these every week for three weeks now." And uh, and of course we have the Octagon. And what inevitably happens after all of these events is that the top players involved go, "Eh, that didn't matter nearly as much as tournament. Everyone knows tournaments what really matters at the end of the day." Yeah, the set also right? doesn't like, count for like rankings and stuff. The only doesn't time count for I rankings. Dude, the only show match I think can can you think of anything besides this? I'm genuinely asking. The only show match in fighting games I can think that was actually probably worth it was the fucking Lupe fiasco one. I hate that that's true, but that's what are you talking also, about? I do, I do dude, disagree. Chill and Leffen didn't matter for are we talking about which, which match? Yeah, which match? What do you He's mean which it? match? The Apex. Oh, match. chill and chill and Leffen. It's a show match. This is true. This is true. 
I think uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, but th- yeah, that had a lot to do with like the media and timing. Like you couldn't. That's what I'm talking I about though. Same. Hold on. Hold on. If they schedule a show match now with the same Twitter beef and drop the same song in 2022 melee environment, I don't think it becomes nearly as successful. They just yeah, like that's it's the a same. Different time it's the for same melee. thing. It's like no, but that's relatively successful. I think it's versus other things. Yeah, I think it's still big. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you're you're talking about like, why don't people do this now? And like, I I the the you know like the iron isn't hot anymore. I I don't think you can like strike gold in the same way. I think there might be a way to do it. Um, I've had some ideas, uh, but I haven't really been operating on them because I've been you, studying you chess and boxing gamble. all day. Bro, Here's I don't think the gamble. iron is hot for fucking Tetris, but if someone builds the right story and tells me this is the fucking sickest beef hold in on. Tetris hold and they're on, playing one v one this weekend, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Then then, you know what? Then fired, you're right. Dude. You know what? Then you're right, Atriox. So you still think it's like over. You're talking like it's fucking over. I think it's like the game's fun to watch. You can get people no, into it. But it's a gamble, right? It's like you have to gamble on the circumstances mm. and marketing versus like I could go the safe route and plan something that gets enough viewer minutes and sell sponsors on that, which is like a relatively sure thing. Or I can put a bunch of money, resources, and things into a show match that lasts for an hour and hope it works out. Which one am I going to choose to do? Are you a pussy? <laughs> now, Come on. In, in the defense of Aatrox's argument, though, Aiden, um, when you plan an event, you know, you need enough room for a shitload of people. And I feel like there's an argument that you at least get to skip a lot of the yeah, logistical Yeah, you get steps. to skip a lot of the, the, the expensive logistical hard part. And all you have to focus on is making this one or two or three or, or not, five yeah. matches. You mean selling, selling like tickets? Is that what you mean? Uh, I mean like getting a big venue. I mean like uh, making it so people can enter, open enter, running a huge bracket, uh, running a Friday, Saturday stream. You know, all that just boils down to I have three to five great matches. How do I make these exciting? And yeah, maybe you can't sell as many of your events. That's 100% true. But uh... you just, if I, I think if you can get into the room and convince the sponsors that it's valuable, then, then yes. But it's like that's what needs to be done because we've already agreed that the pay per view model won't work for this, right? So it's like you need a way to make it economically viable to throw. Like, no, no shade. It's like, octagon works because like you guys are willing to spend salaried company time on an event that like you don't need to make money off of it it's like decided that that is where the capital is allocated and it's like you can just like we lost money this weekend we lost 150 grand because we like thought it would be cool like that's and and if you're willing to make those decisions you can do anything like of course we could do like undercards and like big like scheduled fights and stuff like that i'm just saying like long term it's like can you do that to like like profitable success and i i don't know if you can i think the only match you can do in melee right now that you might be able to turn into that is hacks versus leffen and i don't think that'll happen oh boy. <laughs> if you could get it though that'd be that would be I... that'd be crazy yeah i mean well, I... either way oh i i was going to say i appreciate your guys' answer i actually have to dip but i really uh i i'm actually uh sincerely uh love this episode and i thank you for your answer to my question 
Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Atrop. We'll talk about it. Hand. We'll talk about it more in the car the on our week long we'll road trip. At the hand, yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> at the hand. Bye. I think you should save the conversation until you get directly under the yeah, hand. Yeah, right underneath the, the hand. You should stare at it the whole yeah. time, not at each other. <laughs> Upwards. I'm just going to look at the, I'm gonna look at the hand and then look at him and be like, you were so fucking wrong. Like, it's <laughs> No, you know what? I'm calling it. I think you're going to look at the hand. I've seen it on the internet now. I think you're going to yeah. stand there and you're going to go, huh. This was worth it. This was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope so. All right, <laughs> <my guys. laughs> See, See ya, Later, PP. See ya. Likely you specifically. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, for me. I, yeah, I think, I think a big part of it at the end of the day is I think, you know, Octagon, Octagon's fucking dope and I love it every time it happens and fucking, you know, we get for what it is we get fucking good viewership but then yeah octagon you know, is great relative to, it, like in the relative like world of right. melee octagon performs really well i think it's a unique right. event that is like totally cool i'm so happy that somebody is doing it but it's like right can you like create a successful business model doing those types of sets and matches over the long run uh, i not right now at least i think that i mean you know like yeah i i, I fully agree with that and i think from from the from the financial sustainability perspective 100 percent from even the perspective of from a, ignoring the money question, I think we you get in if you get into why don't we literally for for the melee community why don't we do it more often? Does Zane yeah. fucking sit here and go, dude? I can't. I'm so happy I beat Mango with the Octagon. Does Mango go, oh, I'm so fucking salty. I lost the Octagon. Fuck, I really wanted to win the Octagon. No, there there just isn't as much. There's never as much post event investment in that same sense. No one's fucking because it's just as a community. I think it was ordained in the in the dawn. Of yeah. Super Smash of the of the FGC that tournaments are the end all be all and it's hard to pull people's collective attention yeah. both from the player perspective and the spectator perspective somewhat uh, away from that. But I do think that there's something to what we talked about earlier, more creative formats like SCL, which I think was a bridge between the tournament format and let's have more just fucking high profile matches between you know and a more and I think SCL was a fucking happy medium. Uh, between, I think, what HROC is asking for and I think what we're providing with double animation brackets. Yeah. And TLDR, definitely. I think SCL is the greatest thing ever. And fucking, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like there should just be a thousand Aidens coming up with brilliant fucking tournament formats all the time and we just do those at the end. Um, that's my that's my spiel. <laughs> SCL's fucking dope. God, I fucking Thank loved you. SCL. Jesus. I fucking, you know, you I know the third who one primarily came ball, up with that? Primarily came up with that? Because I, I, I think I, I get a lot of the credit, but it was primarily Hotbed. He came up with most of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, shout out to Hobbit as well. But, you know, we already talked about him this episode and his, like, fucking psychotic behavior with his Kevin Falcon. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Absolutely just batshit insane. Yeah, Uh, but but great guy otherwise. Great T.O. A lot of bright ideas uh, on that guy's, in in that guy's head. Anyway. Um, Well, uh, uh, here we are. We've gotten to the end of the episode. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously we went over time, but I think we had a, a shitload of really interesting things to talk about. And we had a bonus cheat caller, uh, the last boss, the Akuma that shows up after you knock out M. Bison, which was Adriok. Um, uh, and that was cool to talk to him. And I guess the last thing on the program, Aiden, we do this every week, is we basically ask our guests to ask a question to the wider community. So we basically, people chime in, as you saw, people chime in, in the YouTube comments of the video. You can ask them whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't have to be about anything in particular. It technically doesn't even have to be on LA, but you know, you adjust them whatever you want. Something that you uh, would like our our callers to, or sorry, our listeners to chime in on. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm actually, I'm genuinely wondering because I imagine most people who tune into this are people that are interested in or watch and follow Melee specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a fan of Melee, who's here and you watch Melee all the time, what other games do you watch the most, or if Mm -hmm. any at all? Like what? uh, Not, not, not gaming in general, but esports specifically. Like, do you watch like ESL and CS:GO? Do you watch Dota? Do you watch uh, Ultimate? Do you watch? any other games i'm really curious to see what uh what other games melee fans keep up with if any that's cool yeah i'd be curious about that. that as well yeah i'm really curious i i, I almost want to i almost like you know usually we do you know just in the form of like we get the format of like here are the people who who answer but i'm almost almost want to like graph it out like once we get a bunch of re- responses i want to mm-hmm. see uh what are the what the most common replies are but uh I might thank you so much for you got this. Coming. Oh, I wasn't gonna say you had to do it. I was gonna, I was gonna volunteer to just fucking scroll through it or something. But anyway, that's a sick question. Thank you so much, Aiden. Uh, in a time where you know the future of esports is uncertain, one man guiding us to the promised land. It's Aiden Calvin. <laughs> do my best. Do my best. Fuck yeah. It's probably left to somebody else. But uh, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, likewise, man. I love. I just love talking about this shit. Um, cause I just sit at home and I think about it a lot and, um, it's nice to be able to have like a people to talk it over and share it with and like an mm-hmm. audience to kind of hear it as well. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What's it like being on a podcast episode where you don't talk about bodily fluids? Is that Oof, weird? Weird. You know, it feels like a little something <laughs> is missing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I uh, almost, I have to get out of it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Let's we're going to save ourselves for just for on this note. We're going to take us out. But thank you so much, Aiden. Phenomenal answers. Phenomenal insight. Uh, Thank you so much for your work in the scene. And thank you all out there for watching, listening, everything else. This is Radio Melee signing out.